the talk show our show is now live streaming and live coming to you live and is hosted by sean hall leroy chapman and i'm brett callahan it is now 7 p.m on thursday may 12 2022 our show is proudly sponsored by the barbados turf club horse racing at the garrison savannah and the barbados tourism market and Inc who is inviting all of our listeners to come and visit Barbados. We've got a busy show, guys, so let's get to it. Here's good night, good night. Good night, good night, good night, everyone. Welcome to Journeys, welcome to Journeys, people. First of all, we'd like to thank Chantel Sullen for what a wonderful show she gave us last week. It was amazing. That's right, that's Man, right. She was Amazing. so welcoming to us. One of our most outspoken guests. Oh, yeah, she was great. I mean, and, first, and first female. First female also. Yeah, yeah. First female. Don't forget yeah. that, guys. It yes, was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. are still talking about it. Yes. That was just before the great Kentucky Derby, huh? Wasn't that great to see that horse win? And you know what, guys? Man, the, excited. The, the tip she gave us for the sun the horse won, too, eh? Hey, yes. hey. <laughs> the tip, the oaks, right? Yeah. And she won another one today too at Gulf Stream. So great, keep, going, keep going, Shani. Yes, yes. All right. I think it's just right. to have the people more impressed than anything else, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, do we have any hot tips for the race in this weekend, guys? Well, we'll we'll get to that later on. We'll, I might have one or two for you. So oh, let's really let's let's, know, let's not sweet not let's not sweeten them yet. You know, you always say the last the big race for the last, so you keep the, the batters in the audience close by, right? You don't let yeah, them leave yeah. early. Correct. Correct. <laughs> All right. So, Sean. Yes, sir. You got some condolences you want to yes. send out to some great people. Yes. We, we lost a, a, a few people this week. Um, we lost Roy Gordon. He was the assistant trainer to Joe Hadi. And funny enough, we're doing a show with him today. So, we'll get we'll hear, more. We'll hear some stuff about him. We'll we hear a lot of stuff about him. Great. I mean, great. Great. He probably got I some great stories, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then I was going to, to Trinidad, and he was the man in charge. Of, you know, I mean, he ran the barn where, sent oh. the horse and that kind of stuff. So, and then he, it was brilliant, man, Roy, Roy Gordon. Great. Well, we'll hear a lot of more about him. We're definitely going to hear some, have some fun and hear about, hear about him, too. Yes. Then we lost um, uh, Robert, Robert Bort. He was the Barbados Turf Club's president for well, over 10 years, and yeah. he died. Also, you know, recently also, so that was kind of um, you know, it's, it's another downer. 
to the week, I must say, followed by Chris Ammon, the great Chris Ammon. Chris Ammon, as we know, is a great Caribbean man. Not only he's a Jamaican, but he, he served Barbados Racing as CEO also. He was in Trinidad. And of course, he was in Jamaica. He uplisted everybody wherever he went. He brought, um, I heard he was also in, in Florida also. So, I mean, he was all over the place. And last and not least is um, you know, a personal friend. Um, he's son of yes and he he passed away a couple of days ago from cancer he was also very well known to be a singer in san sam pebbles um group back in the 70s and stuff so, uh, all, all sweet music hey all sweet music man he, <laughs> he did his own music in, in in um germany also he started singing reggae and that kind of stuff but he went there oh. but He's gone also. Yeah, I think he died of cancer a couple of days ago. So that's it, folks. I mean, sorry to start a show like that, but people are just people are just rocking around us. Yeah, well, we want to let's... thank all of them for their support of the horse racing industry worldwide. Yes. But especially in Barbados, Trinidad, Jamaica. I mean, well, and I remember I remember last week I spoke about that young lady in horse racing. This week is not a death this time, but it's injuries to Sheena Ryan. You know, Sheena had us. Had, um, we would also like to uh, our best wishes and prayers to jockey Sheena Ryan from Woodbine Racetrack. You know, Sheena was involved in a pretty serious accident where is involved her pelvis and her elbow. I think one of her knees also. And it looks like, you know, career ending injuries that she had. I don't think she's going to be able to ride again. From what I'm understanding, you know, so we have. Um, she had well, a successful surgery recently. Yes, she? she did have a successful so surgery. She's in better spirits. And yes, yes, she is, and she's well, resting well and stuff like that. And one of her, one of her donations to her. Yeah, her one of her colleagues, which and I said best friend Isabella Winks have organized a GoFundMe uh, for her, and she's doing pretty good. They are at 12,388 at this moment, and that's from 104 donors. So 104 donors have gone yeah. on. I think it's her, people can go to GoFundMe.com. Yes. GoFundMe.com and search for Sheena Ryan. Um, I got it on the screen there now that all of our visitors, if they're interested in helping support her, they can go there and her name is Sheena Ryan and they can search for her page and make a donation to help her out. I'm definitely gonna check that out later on, guys. Yeah. So, you know, she had a, the horse, apparently she was working a horse in the morning or something and after the work, the horse seemed to just did something pretty stupid and end up over the rail. She ended up over the rail on the other side of the fence, wow. you know, and I mean, this poor girl just had an injury just last year, I think, too. You know, so it's like, you know, unfortunate thing happening to, you know, before the season can, can start and stuff like that, which just finish her just like that. This is a game, boys, that, you know, you guys, again, were riders. I was I only was an exercise rider, and you guys rode in races, and you guys know how serious and dangerous it can be out there. You guys putting your life on the line for our entertainment every day, you know, and you guys were living – to see me that to made it through it and made it to it safe and here be able to talk about it with us today you know so always my hat goes off to you jocks that ride out there every day you know it's well, not i think that's a 
most athletes, no matter which sport they're in, and I'm pretty sure sure from what I've learned on Facebook about Sheena and Ryan, she's going to be committed and she's going to try her utmost best to be back out there on the horses. Yeah. I mean, what Sheena is one of those people that the horse racing gets in your blood and it, it's not going to be easy for her to just give it up and yeah. go find a, another job somewhere. So we wish her all the best and keep fighting Sheena. And yeah. We look forward to seeing you back out on the racetrack as soon as you're good and healthy. Okay, boys. Well, that's it for that. What else we got on the show here for, uh, for our audience yeah. tonight, boys? This new, uh, our special guest, champion trainer Joe Hadi, four-time champion trainer. From Trinidad yeah. and Tobago, aren't you guys? Sean, you were saying people were talking about it this morning. Yes, a lot of people were asking a lot of questions about him this morning. So there's a buzz here in Barbados. Okay. Captain Trina, you know, he had a lot of great horses. He won the Gold Cup here in Barbados. So mm -hmm. wow. It was, it was a wild dwarf and Emil Ram Sammy, huh? That's right. We're gonna, That's we're right. gonna get into all of that. But before we get into this, guys, we wanna do our BPMI weekly racing tour. jockeys, trainers, and horsemen working throughout North America. Rocco Bowen continues to do well, winning two races in the last three days at Hawthorne Racetrack, which is situated in Illinois, near Chicago in the USA. It's one of the oldest continually run family-owned racetracks in North America. He won the first race on May 6 on Can It Happen? and Twerin Roses on May 8th to go on to have a win total of 25 winners for the year. Moving to Aqueduct and Belmont Park, Jalon Samuel, Barbadian jockey, had his fifth winner in the United States for 2022, with the most recent winner coming at Belmont Park aboard Nova Loves a Fight on May 5th, 2022. Over in Alberta, Canada, Barbadian jockey Desmond Bryan became the first Belgian jockey to win at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino for the year, when he won on, on May 7th, the second day of racing for 2022, scoring in race four on a little bit of spicy. At Woodbine Racetrack in Toronto, Canada, last Sunday, horsemen and groom Corey McDonald seems to have the hot hand this season as he looks after Pino in a purse, which won his second race in a row for Barbadian trainer Ricky Griffith, who has only had four starters this year. 
Also, racing has begun at Woodbine Racetrack in Toronto, racing four days each week, from Thursdays to Sundays. Already for today, Barbadian jockey Kevin Nichols won the third race aboard Rock Crest, who was trained by Barbadian trainer Nigel Burke. And the very next race, Barbadian trainer Randy Thompson saddled the winner, Anita Grigio, and in race number five, Barbadian jockey Corey Jordan won the very next race, who was also saddled by Barbadian Ronaldo Holder. Here is celebrating all of the Barbadian horsemen and Caribbean horsemen that are racing around the world. This is the BTMI Weekly Report. Been doing awesome, huh? Yes, yeah. it's great. Talking about a horseman, I watched that sugar cane. They're gonna do that thing there just now. Like, take a piece of like sugar cane and stuff. <laughs> sugar cane, no boy, indeed, oh, man. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> you seem a little homesick. You seem yeah, a little yeah, homesick, yeah, sir. Man, it's never said, G, don't break. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know that sugar cane did a sup, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we talk some little for to tonight, boys. Some history, some history. Yes. We can hear about some things before. We get into that. We want to talk about Slade Jones. He'll oh yes, yes. Race yes. Track. He'll be oh, yes. his track to Woodbine on yes. May nineteenth, just a week away from today. Great. Oh no, Sean, you did an interview with him, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did a nice interview with this youngster, and you no, know, to just showcase him so people could see who he is before he gets there. And I, you know, that's what we're about. We're we're showcasing our Barbadian talent. That's it. That's it. And then, you know, a lot of these who, great writers, they they all learn at the Garrison Savannah. That's right. That's yep. right. Out to the yep. Barbados Surf Club. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's take a look and see what Sean yes. was up to earlier this week, Leroy. Yes. I am Sean All here from Journeys. Today I'm here with young Slade Jones, son of John Jones for you Canadians, grandfather of the great one, Charlie Jones. Um, he's going to Canada in the very near future and we'd like to hear a few words of what you expect from you when you get to Canada, son. Um, well, of course, you know, I'll try to do my best up there and, um, you know, just give them what, you know. Well, do my best, that's all already. You do your yeah. best. Yeah. Um when are you planning plan to go? Um I'm planning to go up on the nineteenth of May, which is this month. Mm -hmm. And um really looking forward to it, you know. Cause I noticed you had a fall very recently and how has your recovery been going? Yeah, the recovery's been coming back, you know, come back slow but have been um have come back really nice and fit, you know. Doing it all getting back real fit now, so what was the problem? Um I just had a a bad concussion and a bleed in my pancreas. Oh dear. But um, other than that, it's 
It, was, it came back very good. Great. Yeah. Now, right in here in Barbados, you have done, I would say, you, you've really, you know, you've got your fair share of rights and that kind of stuff. How, how do you want to take your experience from right in here in Barbados to Canada? Because, you know, you, you've done pretty well. You've got a lot of rights. You know, you know the ropes now. You're not a, you're not a greenhorn. Yeah, it's, um, I've got a lot of rights here, so I guess I have a, a, some island experience. But um, I'm just going to take my trade up to Canada and see how it works out there and, well, do my best, I guess. Great, great, great. Yeah. Um, when you you were born in Canada, also I must let people yeah. know that you were, you're Canadian. Yeah, as such. yeah I was born in Canada. You were born in Canada, yeah. so it basically like you're going back home. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I haven't been to Canada in about four or five years now, so it'd be it'd be nice and fresh to see it again. But um, yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it a lot because I was born up there when my dad was a jockey up there mm -hmm. in like 2006. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to going back up. I also gotta let people know. Your Slade Callahan, your 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 name after no other than Slade Callahan. Yeah. And the, can you explain that what, the closest with your dad and, and Slade Callahan that your name after Slade? You you know? Do you know why? Well, I know of course that Slade Callahan and my family, right? My mom and my father, are really friendly. Mm -hmm. So you know, I obviously was not there to, to find my <laughs> input, but I, I I quite like the name Slade. Yes. And, um, and it's an honor to be named after the great Slade Callahan. Yes. So you know. Great. It's, it's quite an honor to be named after him, and he's, a, he's very, very good to me, so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to going up there and seeing him. Yeah, because you have, I mean, you have Slade around, your dad, your grandfather, I yeah. mean, that's so much knowledge you, you, as a young man, you get to, to, to pick from, I mean, do you, you do pick at these guys pretty often to get yeah, knowledge? Well, well, yeah, I, I haven't really talked to Uncle Slade that, that much when I was, obviously he gave me some really good advice when I first started out, mm -hmm. but I always pick up my dad, like, whenever I, Ride a maybe not the best race, and mm -hmm. I had not maybe the best race. They'll go to my dad and I'll watch over all the races and right. see where I made my mistakes. Right. And he'll always put me, you know, he always tries to put me in the best direction what possible. Granddad, I want to hear about Granddad. <laughs> well, of course, Ch Grandma Charlie. Um, well, I obviously he gave me some some of the first starts I had. Yes. And um, I won a race for him too. But um, yeah, he's, Charlie's giving me some fantastic advice as well right and um well obviously i learned to write at big seas tables with my grandmother yes well yes i can't but forget I die we can't forget the great die because a lot of youngsters who are jockeys now have passed through big sea riders tables i mean so yes, i must too. give some credit to your your grandma too of i mean course. die clark of course the great die clark man yeah of course of course yeah a lot of people have been through there yes yes yeah. well you know what Slade? thank you very much for doing this interview I wish you all the best on your journey to Canada. This is Sean Hall for Journeys. This is Slade Jones on his way to Canada. Wish uh, you all the best, son. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Great. Hi, I'm Slade Jones, and I'm on my way to Canada. Looking forward to it, and this is Journeys. Journeys. Fire. Yes. Yes. Ready and very ready and willing. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Leroy. Yes. I remember I came to your house. You had a house party one time, and that kid came to your house. I don't know if you remember. He he, he and his brother are twins, and he terrorized your house, man. I don't know if you remember that. That's been so long. That was that had to be about two thousand and seven or something like that, man. It was yeah, years and years ago. Long. There were young kids, <laughs> and I know. 
Wow, you big know boys, I mean? man. These kids grow so fast, man. I don't know. We're yeah. getting old too, man. I mean, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Don't remind me, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the knees are starting to hurt a little bit, Sean, and the back once in a while, you know. Everywhere hurts me. I'm hurting all over. I had to rub down before the show. Like if I was a horse or something, they rubbed everything down. <laughs> you got the bingy bossum out? I got, I, got, I got better stuff than that now, man. I don't oh. work no more. I had to import stuff. <laughs> well, hey. We got to get there. We got a yes. great man. We got a great man that up to that up to that age where we're trying to get to. Yes. You no. Know, sitting in the background waiting for us to give us some history. Sit us That's back right. in our chair and give it's, us some history. It's going to be a history lesson tonight. A people. History lesson tonight. That's get right. On. History lesson. lesson. That's right. Get your pen and paper out and take some notes. All right. <laughs> so let me introduce to you, Mr. Joe Hadid. Mr. Hadid, sir. Welcome All to right. Germany. Hello. Hello again, sir. Mr. Hadi, sir. <laughs> Respect you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. And there's nothing greater in my life than talking horse racing. Great. You got, you got a lot of horse racing up your blood, man. You, you got a lot. Horse racing and it, it is great part of my life and uh, a lot of I have accumulated a lot of great friends in, in horse racing that uh, I will never forget. Great. Uh, wow. Well, Joey, Joey no. Carroll Carro was, was one of your great friends? Joey Carroll? Yes. Joey Carroll was one of the yeah. men that, that yeah. introduced me to horse racing. We, we were at Fatima College together. Okay. And we had a group that we like a little gang and uh, Joey encouraged us to go to the Savannah, which is not far away at five o'clock every morning before school to look at horses gallop. Joey knew it was like he knew his children. How far and, about we uh, talking? We used to stand up by the president. Yeah. And, and from then the horses came out from behind by the Queen's Park Hotel, Joey could knew every single horse. Um, <laughs> so he this? took Is me to Savannah. He encouraged me to leave. And that's how I got involved in racing. I am not really from a racing family. Okay. My parents have been racing in their life. They don't know anything about racing. And after I got involved in racing, my brothers got involved because of my involvement. But Joey Carew, and he was, Joey Carew was my idol. And I, you know, I followed him. We were close friends. And before we get a horse race, let me give you a story about Joey Carew. Trinidad was playing Barbados at the Queen's Park Cricket Club. Joey was batting eight. Um, Rob was feeling at slips. Royal Branca used to bowl a leg break, bowling to Joey. And one of the, my good friends, who was actually one of my mentors, Tom O'Brien, said to me, Joe, I know you believe in Joey. What odds you give me that he don't make a hundred? I said to him, Are you mad? Joey's about he's now 98. So I think I, I bet him twenty dollars in those. I gave him twenty to one. And I, I bet him five dollars. <laughs> the next ball, Robin Rhino moved from first slip to leg slip. Joey didn't realize that. And on 98, um um Royal Branca bowl a little leg break. Joey went forward 
and turned the ball straight into Robin Bino's hand. And he was out at 98. It took me about three, na- three months of my salary to pay back, pay to him. When I went down, to, I said, Joey, are you a madman? Oh, you could do that. He said, Joe, I didn't realize that Robin moved from first slip to leg slip. Um, <laughs> Arthur Bethel was the captain. And before uh-huh. the ball was bowled, Arthur, um, Roy Branca, and Robin had a, a, a little chat. Uh-huh. And Joey didn't take them on. And Robin moved from first slip, went to leg slip. Joey turned the ball straight in his hand at 98 and made me lose my mind. Oh, my God. Two <laughs> runs. Two runs. You're talking about Joey Carudo, and I yeah. know that is cricket. Were you involved in cricket also? Yeah, well, I always say that when I was at Fatima College, I yes. did I played a bit of cricket. And um, at, at the junior level, I used to open with Joey. And I always okay. had to face the first ball. Joey afraid oh. to face the first ball. I, 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 and I played a little bit of cricket, but I followed all my life. I love cricket. I followed cricketers. I followed Joey's career. He was a, a genius. And yes. he was also a great horseman. He owned horses, and he yes. tried to train some at, at, on his own. You know, mm-hmm. um, he was a human being, and he was a very great friend of mine. Wow! No, because so, I, I know I know Joey Carew very well from my father playing cricket. With my father in Trinidad and in West Indies, so I I, yeah. I I just had to ask you that question: If you had West Indies. Um, playing for the West Indies in your thoughts at any stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, no, I, I, I follow cricket, played cricket. As a matter of fact, in, in, in those days, when I tell my sons today that when Barbados was playing in the Oval, we line up at 5 o'clock in the morning, get in and the schoolboy stand. <laughs> it was so loud. It yes. was an enormous event, Barbados, Trinidad, in the Oval. You know, and yes. I, I knew your father well, and he was interested in horse racing. And yes. when I trained, I was friendly with Gary and Godfrey and and um, uh, Simon. Those boys used to ring me yes. and ask me. In those days, the, yes. the betting shops in Barbados took bets on Twitter racing. That's right. So I, 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 I knew Gary and all, and they were all interested. Simon was interested, and in um, and Griff Charlie Griffith was a yes. of swords. And they followed us, say like most Bajans. I'm sure you were on speed dial 24 hours a day with those guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it was a lot of fun, though, anyway. And um, yeah. I, my racing has been very good to me, and I had a great life in racing, and I will never forget it. It was the most enjoyable years of my life. I trained for fantastic people. And then from, from, Fatima, I started to go to the um, paddock and I got friendly with Tom O'Brien, John O'Brien's father. Yes. And he was a, a trainer, senior trainer there, and I booked with him and he wanted help because he was made president of the turf club and he asked me if I could go over to his table. And I said, I'm, I'm Charlie Jones, yes. like my son. And I can tell you something, you just interviewed Slade. Yes. But, but, I, I believe it, it never happened anywhere in the recent world where a father, a grandson, and a grandson won races at the same racetrack. Charlie, Jono, and Slade won at Garrison Savannah. That's right. I, don't, right. I never heard of that anywhere in the world. 
Three generations. To ask some of our listeners reserve. if they ever heard of that before. Yes. Yes. I'd be very interested. I think maybe Barbara's going to write history books for that. Mm -hmm. They should. I don't know of 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 any. Um, we've had a lot of sons of jockeys who have come on and and um, we had uh, in the old days, um, O.P. Bennett yes. was the top. He was a, he did everything. He, he was actually the club he rode. I used to ride. He was the top jockey. And his son Steve, no, a lot of people don't believe he was a jockey because Steve was the early, when he finished uh, the end of his life. He was the early. Person. Steve rode with together with O.P. And a lot of the old jockeys that rode for O.P. He enjoyed most of the jockeys like old Cappy Ed and Sunny and all those old jockeys that rode for him. Jim Lowe, they, whenever Steve was in a ring orders, um, O.P. used to said, open up, move aside. Mr. Steve is coming through. <laughs> Steve used to come through and win. And then next day the paper you hear, again. <laughs> but that's the only uh, father and son that I know that brings together. Charlie, actually, Charlie and his son um, Douglas, his eldest son Douglas, mm -hmm. both rode for me in Trinidad, and they both rode in the same race. Okay. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Douglas beat him. They both rode, and they were both favorites, and and Douglas beat Charlie in a race. Both rode together, and um, okay. that's the only I, in my time there were father and son riding together. I don't think John never rode with his father, um, but it's really unique and interesting that uh, generations of jockeys come and and chase around long enough to be able to see his grandson ride. And um, I always, every time um, Slade was a race, I, I picked a Charlie regularly. And mm -hmm. uh, one day I rang and I said, um, Charlie, how's, how did Slade do today? He said, hey, I don't want to hear from him. He was supposed <laughs> to ride a horse for me. I left my horse and went to ride a horse for somebody else. <laughs> that, <laughs> And that is also he said, you know. Yes, yes. But yes. I, I started off and, and then Charlie Charlie used to ride for Cole Durant. Cole Durant yes. is one of the finest horsemen and trainers yes, I have yes. ever come across. And I'm yes. sure Cole would have gone to anywhere in the world and be outstanding. He was a genius. Yes. yes. Cole Durant Very came to Trinidad as a groom. He came to Trinidad as a groom with a horse nylon mm -hmm. in 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 late forties. Wow. Um, it was it was bought from Barbados by Cyril Gittins. Not Cyril, sorry, Lyo Gittins. And Cole came as a groom, looked after Neon, and never never turned back. And from then on, he worked his way up from a groom to be an outstanding trainer. He was a champion trainer for 15 years. And I am I am proud honored that I was in the 20 years, I was the first trainer to dethrone him. Oh yes. Um and and we were very, very close friends. He was an absolute genius. Mm -hmm. and, and you know he was in Barbados and he, he, he Charlie for him. And then uh, Charlie stopped writing for him. He Charlie came and said to, to me, Joe, look, look I'll write for you. And we started the stable together. Okay. And we won we, we worked right off with five or six horses and we went up. 70 or 80 horses and Charlie Do, rode oh 140 150 winners for me. You know, he was a genius. Do you remember your first winner? Yes. 
My first one was on a Bajan house called Aquata that wow. my brother wow. bought from John Garner. Yes, wow. yes. And, and what year was that? My, co my code run, 1970. 1970. Okay. You remember as well, man. <laughs> yes. the, first house, the first house I had entered my race. And when my when I got my license, my brother, who owned some horses with, with, with Peter George and they had him at court, they moved the horses to me and Charlie rode riding for me then. And um, he rode his horse. It was the first horse I had in a race and it, I was for a Corabation horse that we bought from John Goddard. And we, we went on and it was fun at the beginning and they got more serious and we went from five horses to 10 horses to 15 horses to 20 horses. We kept winning races. We never stopped winning. And um, the only other trainer who won more races was cool. And uh, we ended up, when I stopped towards the end, I had 60 or 70 horses. Wow. We won everything. Yeah. And we called on myself, you know, he was from Union Park, and Union the people Park. that came we were rivals, Hadid and Durand. But we were such close friends. He was a That's where you first guest. started, though, right? Yes. And, and, and Cole, we worked with, Cole was a gentleman, a genius. Um, Cole was a natural. He was groomed. And, and then he, he, he left. He, he, when he went, left racing, he went to be he was a security guard at Texaco, which was across the road from the racetrack at Union Park. But mm -hmm. kept coming to the track every morning for his love for the game. Yes. And um, one of the owners asked him to train a horse for him. And he started off by training one horse. I think it was for um, Mr. Samlal Singh or Mr. Hasmatali. And he was so successful, he never stopped winning. Wow. Um, I, he was an absolute genius. I, I tell you, the difference between Colt and myself, he was a genius. He it was natural for him to look at a horse and in a second he could evaluate the condition of that horse mm -hmm. not going to the mill like him i had a look at the horse a horse two or three times okay. before i could evaluate it mm -hmm. and it and it was amazing we had a great friendship we loved each other and um as a matter of fact i read the eulogy when he passed but paul you know he he was he was so and um he never stopped and actually uh, i don't remember the year but if you look at the archive you'll see one year's racing in trinidad um between court and myself we won over 50 percent of all the races running wow seven races or eight races in a day court yes. will win four and i will win three and we won and as a, a and uh, my interest when we brought horses, we used to bring horses from England by boat, and they used to come yes. to Barbados. They used to come on the East boat. Yes. That was the banana boat that came to Barbados. Yes. boat. From the region. After. Yes. And that's how we brought the horses out. Then, from then, when we bought more horses, we graduated to air. Mm -hmm. And they had a, a charter company that brought horses, two horses all around the world. And there was a load of 32 horses from England. Coming wow. to Trinidad, all Trinidad owners. Wow. Of the 32 horses, 15 were, were for Colt owners, 15 <laughs> were for my owners, yeah. and the other two were for private owners, the name Mr. Sam Lal Singh, Mr. Kahn, or something. Wow. But we, you know, we, we worked together, we, we love racing, we, we made a big difference.
Yes. Code was so respected. When Code opened his mouth, everybody listened. Yes. And we took over the trainers association. We brought the profession up to a high standard where trainers were respected. Before that, trainers were not respected. You know, and um, we brought it up to a high standard. And and when we, we got a lot of things done that, that could not have been done in the past, we, we got a lot of rules changed. We slide in that it a lot easier for the trainers. And um, we, we, we were respected and we respected ourselves and the owners respected us. Uh, and we, you know, we never stopped winning. And he was a true genius. And, and I think he contributed a lot to racing. He trained a lot of the groups I had came from him. Mm -hmm. um, Charlie rode for him for years. He Venice rode for him after Charlie. Um, he had um, Sing, uh, Dale Whitaker rode for him, and yes. you know he, he he looked after his, his jockeys and he looked after his owners. And I learned a lot from him. And uh, if I had a problem, I call him. I said, "Good boy, I changed with this horse. What do you think?" And I he said, "Joe, why don't try this? Try that." Mm -hmm. And a lot of horses that he trained. At Union Park, it was like Barbados, it was one track and it was monotonous. Mm. And I remember he had a very good horse that ran to the fourth in the English Canadian ball and Kelly around Berlin, some lads. A horse called Swift Image. They paid a lot of money for it. Mm -hmm. And Cole had his, he couldn't get it. Couldn't get his mind on reset. And he recommended to the owners that why don't you send this horse to Joe in Port of Spain? And Joe would train the horse on the savannah over the hills. We had the opportunity to use this contract, or we trained the horses over the hills on the grass, all through between the trees, and took the mind off his contract. And um, they would have agreed, and I took I took the horse, and it never stopped winning. It won, it won the Texaco Plate at Union Park, and so on. And Colt advised them to get this horse in a different environment. And, uh, mm -hmm. We were very successful. I was very grateful to him for doing that, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I horses went to Union Park, the race, he looked after them. And when his horses came to Port of Spain, my eye looked after them. And we, we looked we worked really well together. He was a lovely man. And hearing you talking, I know a lot of race fans are going to be surprised to hear what you're saying. Because everybody thought there was this big rivalry between the two guys. I mean, this great news that you're telling us here now. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. And the press. The press made it rivalry. Port of Spain horses versus Union Park horses. We had two biggest stables. Yes. And it was Hadid versus Duran and Union Park. And won a race. It was a big thing. When he came to Port of Spain and he, he won more races, I must tell you. He won a lot more races than I did. Um, mm -hmm. And I, rem I know that although I won uh, six or seven derbies and Court won uh, 10 or 12, I was second to him in five derbies. Wow. Every time I look at winning a race, school will come out with me. And, and when Charlie rode for me, uh, Charlie, you didn't have to give him a lot of instruction. Charlie was a, a genius, as you know. The first thing he would ask me when he got in the parade was, um, which, who's the horse to beat? And it was always naturally one of Colts. Right. But Charlie had a, like to follow horses. And if he knew he was behind the horse that he had to beat, he knew he would get a run. Mm -hmm. And he, if he could beat that horse, he'll pass it at the end. And uh, he, I mean, Charlie was an absolute brilliant genius, and and we had we had a lot of great jobs. I had a great job he's riding for me. Of, of my twelve hundred and forty horses I won in my career, five jockeys 
won nearly 70% of those races. Wow. I always had great wow. jockeys. Emil, Emil won 240 races for me. Wow. wow. Emil was an apprentice of Colt. Yes. When, when Tommy Carter, who I was involved in, um, in bringing the Trinidad, when I, I used to learn a rear, and I went to school, through Barbados, with seals and school. we used to come to Barbados every year for winter. I got friendly with him and I go to England and stay with him and and um at Epsom. And there was there was this very light job called Tommy Carter. Mm-hmm. And we were looking for a tutor. Um Scooby said, Joe, you cannot be better than Tommy Carter. Tommy Carter knows racing, he knows race right, he's a brilliant jockey, and he will be the best tutor you can have. On my recommendation, the authority we employed Tommy, bought him the Trinidad. And Tommy ran the jockey school, did a mm-hmm. great job. And Tommy, because of our friends, he used to recommend to me, he said, Joe, you see this young Tommy boy? He's a genius. Try and get him. And when I approached Abel as an apprentice, Colt offered him a job. And naturally, he went to work for Colt, mm-hmm. bigger stable, a lot more successful. The last, he, he didn't do very well with Colt, and because he was not good. Um, I think he lost one or two races that he should have won, and the owner side they complained when mm-hmm. the apprentice there. So he left Colt. When he came to Border Spain, he didn't really start a ride for me. He was riding for kind of freelance. He was out for Elton Alpha. And just then, Hugh Blaze was my job. Right. And um, Hugh had a fall. And Emil was around. And I said, I, I looked at him exercise horses, exercising the horses and riding. I said, I would like to offer Emil a job. Mm-hmm. But before doing so, I phoned Colt. The Colt, you know, Emil in Border Spain and so on. I have no jockey, and I always had a stable jockey. I couldn't run a stable mm-hmm. without a stable jockey. And I want to offer him a job. What do you think? Cole said, Joe, you cannot go wrong. He's a brilliant young man. He works hard, and he has time, and he's for a spin. You cannot go wrong offering him a job. I offered him a And we have a look at you want everything. You want, he worked hard every morning. Leave until all the horses work and the horse is interested in. He would tell the grooms keep that for me. I'm, I I want to work that. Broken it to you. And um, it was sad when he went to, to, to Canada, but I couldn't stop him. He was going to greener pastures, and I knew he would mm-hmm. do well anyway. But mm-hmm. you know, talking about Emil, uh, it was interesting that when you interviewed him, he said that. The best horse he ever ridden in the Caribbean was a horse called yeah, Colt yeah. Kong. That, that's right. Correct. Well, Sean, I would like you to go on to YouTube. Yeah. Go on to YouTube. And if you if in YouTube you're going to a fellow called Roger James. Yes. He's a Trinidadian. Yes, I and watched all his races. Race never televised yeah. in Barbados. Yeah. Right. On YouTube. You look at Colt Kong and Jerusalem. Yes. Emil said the song was great, but Emil, the best way in my race in my mind he ever rode was on Jeruvian when he beat Colt Account on the pole. And nobody could I, believe it. Halfway up the street, there was a one conclusion. And Emil, I, I was amused to hear him say that Colt Account the best song he ever rode. But he, he rode Jeruvian to beat Colt Account in, in the President of in, in the Savannah. Mr. Hadid, I think we have that video for you. Yeah, yeah. 1987, Jerome Beats Call to a yes. 
Let's watch Let's it. Let's take a look at this video right now. Oh, President Cup, or I just now call the Republic Bank Cup. The all clear given from behind. And they're off and running, and uh, let's see who's going to make the pace here. Chief of Baghdad has run away, so to Ben Todd. The last one is Johnny Fortune, and this the break completely. Chirogan has run away, but the runner on the outside, that's Cabrera, going to make the running here. He comes across with the heavens above, well into Ben Tom, and course of time stalking Ben Tom at the stage. Badag as well there, Jerogan is just about fourth on the inside. The last runner is Charlie Fortune, but Tibredi is the one making it here uh, from the heavens above, and then Ben Tom fighting his way in third, then Badag and Jerogan, then course of count and no lie, then merely curious, but the leader now, the heavens above, getting a reminder from uh, the jockey, leading from Tibredi, then Badag in third, then Tom, then it's Richard Lung, knowing the saddle in fourth here, and just behind comes Jerovian on the inner, they're followed by Kulturk and Mantab. That's the order as they swing up the back of the cemetery. The leader it is the heavens above from Tigredi. Leading from Farag in third, then Bentham in fourth. Jerovian and Kulturk have now been asked to quicker and he does so so easily indeed. And Kulturk has gone right by Bentham in the third. And Ratchkumar says, I'm not hanging around at all, I'm going for it there. And he does so. Kulturk has kicked clear. From Tibredi, Ben Tom is just about, in fact, uh, not too good to what it was said, still told to come by three. From Tibredi, and on the outside of Tibredi's Farag, then Jerovian and Ben Tom, and then the heavens above and chief of Baghdad, the other side of it, so to Connie Weston. That large cut up of the top of the place to see the, the race here, and Kulcher comes to lead by two from Farag. Here comes Jerovian with a rattle. Behind these, Ben Tom finishing also, but down the street they come, and it's now Kulcher accounts. Leading by three, here comes Jerogan, set down to the drive he is. Ben Tom is quickly also, so too, along behind these, it's no lie. Just about 50 meters to go, and it's all called to a car, then Jerogan. Called to a car, Jerogan. Inside the final 50 meters, Jerogan, just holds me on the outside. Jerogan wins it, but called to a car, then no lie. Ben Tom, we see Farag, and then Chief of Baghdad, Ben Tom, then the heavens above. The idea is merely curious into Brady, Cody Weston and Mantab, the last of what being Tony Fortune. Here comes the winner, that's Jerovian, written by Emil Ramsamy, who we understood was under a bit of a cloud uh, with the virus, but Emil really uh, rode like a possessed man to get the best out of Jerovian. Many people had written off Jerovian after his disappointment on the opening day, but the trainer had said earlier in his interview that uh, the horse is a bit of a moody individual, and today was certainly his day. Full march to the team, Francis Regalado, the lad who does Jerovian, and Roy Gordon, and members of the Hattie's team, bouncing back after their uh, dismissal uh, by Green Man in his short stuff. It was Jerovian getting up on the line to defeat Paul Shaw Towns, who did like he had done early in most of his races. He kicked the home early, and that's the way uh, he normally runs his races, but uh, they just did not have it at the end. They were a good 10 lengths clear of the third place, no lie. It was Jerovian, owned by Peter Clark and uh, partners and friend by Joe Hadid, written by Ram Sani, getting up on the line by a head to get the better of Paul Tour a thrilling finish to the Republic Bank Cup, and I'm sure the sponsors certainly got their money's worth out of a thrilling finish. No lie, the penny stand got third. And of course, the Farag uh, surprise who made uh, the pace uh, quite a hot one. Then Tom certainly didn't fire, and uh, it's a pity that we didn't really see him at all at his best as he was about two years back. Here comes the, here comes the winner. That's uh, Jerovian being led back to Winston Closure by Robert Ramirez, and then he ran Sandy Boy Jerovian. And uh, this one takes his uh, uh, close to $200,000 for his victory. The winning time on the board, 155.06. Winning distance ahead. Tremendous uh, finish by these two top class horses. 
What a great race, guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. That, that's well, one of the best races in my mind that he made. Okay. But a lot of people may ask me about this horse to rove him. Is he the best horse you trained? No, 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 no not, not by a long shot. You're a good horse. You're a good You're horse. A big horse. He seems and, to have a lot um, of fans here in Barbados for some reason. Yeah, I, yeah well, he, he, he was a very popular horse. He was owned by um, Sir Ellis Clark and his son Peter and Robert Bivirat. And it, you could see from the, the crowd and the, the uh, ovation he got coming back in. Yes. You know, again, that was a. Um, Porta Concourse train in San Fernando by Vincent Roberts. Right. And um, Port of Spain against San Fernando at the same time. <laughs> but Joe Weber was, was a great, he, he was an enormous striding horse. And he, I don't believe if Joe Weber raced in Barbados at the beat sea class. Yes. He couldn't handle the turns. Yes. And right. he was noticed that Emil knew that. Mm -hmm. And when he straightened him up and he, and he got him balanced, mm -hmm. he stride out. He's a big striding horse. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll give you a, a little story about Joe Weber. Um, I went to England, and when I was chairman of the racing authority, you know, I was chairman of the racing authority for 10 years, we sponsored the Trinidad Racing Authority, we sponsored a day's racing at Pontefract. And I chairman of the whole contingent there. Um, it was a lovely day. And while I was there, a gentleman came up to me and he says, uh, you are from Trinidad? I said, yes. He said, look, I have, I have an interest. In Trinidad, I want to know something. I bred a horse called Jerovian and I put in his sails and his sole. And I, my wife and myself, was very fond of me. We all tried to follow the source. We understand it was sold to Trinidad. Can you tell me something about what happened to it? So I said, I laugh. He said, Why are you laughing? I said, Because I trained it. They came to Trinidad, Dr. Bennett bought it for the class, and they came to Trinidad, and from the time he came off, the, the ship came to me and I trained it and, uh, and he was a great horse. I told all, he was excited and I said, unfortunately, which barely happened. He, he stumbled and raced at Union Park. He, 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 we, we, at Union Park, going seven furlongs, they had a walkway they covered with grass and he shied, stumbled and broke his hind leg and he had to be destroyed. Wow. Uh, that's, that was the end of it. But he was sad to hear that, but he was happy that he knew that he was well. He was he was a good horse, and Emil got on well with him. Emil and him, you know. Um, Emil wrote some great races for me. I won a lot. Ali was brilliant, you know. I had I had jockeys. Hugh Blades would have been brilliant. You had a fall, as you know, and yes. uh, hurt his back. And uh, I take full blame for that because the race he fell in, he didn't ride. Mm. It was not one of our horses, and they they. they who the horse was a good friend of mine, and he came to Joe. I want Emil to ride this horse. I know I'm you to ride the horse. I said, he doesn't want to ride all the races and all that. And he said, please, and I, I said, I told you, look, he's, he's a friend of ours. Ride the horse. And he fell along and he was nearly crippled for life. He was there wow. for 30 days. You know, he didn't know he had a walk again. Wow. And he came back and rode up there. But he was. That his father, as you know, you must have heard he blades. Yes. But he was a brilliant jockey, yes. Major, and yes. his father. Yes. And he rode in Trinidad and lived in Trinidad for many years. Mm -hmm. But he was a genius and And um remember I went to Barbados, I used to go to Barbados racing a lot of times. So because of my interest, 
and I went about with Rosa. I heard there was this young Blades boy, Bunty's son. I knew Bunty mm. and his wife uh, riding. And, uh, I went and I saw him riding an apprentice at the garrison. Mm. Yes. And um, after the race, I went to Bunty. I said, Bunty, I'm looking for an apprentice and I would love your son to come to Trinidad. And Bunty said to me, Joe, you is not ready for Trinidad yet. I know Trinidad. Well, give him a little more time. Whenever he's ready, I call him and let you, and I can assure you, you wouldn't work for anybody else in Trinidad. But so I said, fine. And um, it wasn't long afterwards, you had ridden a lot of races. But the one thing about Bunty insisted, and I don't know how many Bajans know this, Bunty made sure that the first 12 races that Hugh ruled, he did not carry out. Bunty wow. insisted that he did not carry away for 12 races. He didn't think he knew enough of it. And mm -hmm. um, in all his career, he was not a great whip. He was a great mm -hmm. whip to encourage the horses. Mm -hmm. So Bunty called me once and he said, Look, Joe, I think he was ready for Trinidad now. If you would have him, I said, Absolutely, send him. And yes. Bunty's brother was coming to Trinidad. He said, Look, my brother is coming to Trinidad to do some business. I will send you down with him. You see him at the Hilton and you can pick him up there and look after him. I said, Sure. So I was that afternoon I was at the club and I told my wife, I want you to go to the Hilton and you'll meet a young jockey called Jubilees. Pick him up and bring him home. I come from the club and meet him home. He's coming to stay with us. I had no problem with that. Hmm. So when she got to the Hilton, she rang me and she said, Joe, I'm in the lobby here, but I'm not seeing any jockey. I said, he must be there. He's waiting. The only person I see in the lobby is a little child on a couch. I said, is Hugh had his own tap, got that from his father. Uh -huh. um, he had his own saddle, his own goods, singles, everything. He looked after his tap. And you, you lived with that up to the days, like like one of my sons, you know. Right. And uh, I'll give you another story about you. There was a good horse called the Arendan from Barbados. Yes, uh, yes, yes. He won a good mile and a half horse. Yes, that's right. Patsy Springer owned him. Yes. Owned it. Indian, no horse could beat him going a mile and a half. And we had mile and a half races in Trinidad and he won everything. So there was a mile and a half race at the river and Darren Dan had the top weight of 136 pounds. Mm -hmm. And they didn't claim. And I had a horse in the race owned by Sir Ellis Clark called Su and Su. It had 98 pounds. Wow. So I said to you, I said, you, I know you can't catch 98. You're just above that, but I want to tell you if we carry one half a pound overweight, we have no chance against there in <laughs> The only chance we have to be there in that, we must carry 98 pounds, right? Train and look, and then try to enter this and he's sweating the car and he got long to 98 pounds. And he rode a billion race going a mile and a half of the rima. He caught there down in his last stride and beaten by the shortest of it. If we had a half pong more or a quarter pong, we would not have been there. <laughs> so anyway, happy anyway. 
after Bobby that he told us that he went to the sauna to lose two pounds to get down to 98 pounds. Wow. But Sean, I had a call from Bunty Bay. He said, Joe Hadid, let me tell you something. I spent my life in racing in a sauna, sweating, standing, doing everything to keep freedom. I do not want my son to do that. If my son had to go in a sauna, do not give him the ride. Get somebody else. I don't ever want him to sweat to ride a horse. I said, Monty, I appreciate it. I'm very sorry. I apologize. And he, yes. he, he was adamant. And, and, and those jockeys, they went that thing. You know what Jonathan Jones went through. I had jockeys. I had a jockey, a good, good jockey, Timmy uh, Murray, yes. brilliant young jockey. But he was happy. And he yes. left us and he a piece of cricks and a for the day. Yes. And my wife used to complain, how oh, many service? My boy can't eat. Can't. That is when you have jockeys that have to keep their way down. That's a profession. That's yes. the hazards of the profession. Some yes. of them are not really like. Emil was not really like. Emil never had yes. Never had to sweat, so sweat. Um, you didn't have to sweat because uh, he was like, but he sweated on that occasion. Charlie yes. lived in a sauna. Yes. Charlie used to lock himself in, a, in the car every morning before races and sweat yes. to, to lose two or three pounds. And it's a, it's a, a hell of a, a profession. You work hard at it, you know. And every, all the success that the job gets, you deserve it when you work hard to do that. What about the Philly Sparkling but, Kitty? You know, I had I had great orders. Sparkling Kitty was owned by Rodney Jones. Good, good Philly. Uh, she won a lot of races. She was a good steer. She was a brilliant Philly. I thought she would have been successful at start. You know, Rodney had a preparation. Rodney Jones, in my mind, knew more about horse racing than Charlie. Roddy studied horse racing. Roddy is a student of pedigrees. Mm-hmm. And Roddy was very interested in horse racing. And uh, had bought a lot of good horses. Roddy bought some mares from the Queen when he mm-hmm. had his son in Barbados. And a lot of the good foundation mares that we had. And, uh, um, um, what do you call Silent Flair and all those great horses all came out of Roddy's email line, you know. Yes. yes. Roddy is a student of his. All that they had, but great, great racing men. Friendly uh, with John Goddard. John was a great racing man, and John Bell, a lot of horses I trained. Uh, Blue Prick came to Trinidad and won a, won a lot of good races, and he was best horse in Barbados. There was. Uh, Sir David Seals gave me a lot of horses, and, and uh, I looked after his horses, a lot of races. In those days, the oh. Bajans came to Trinidad to race. Mm-hmm. They stayed at the Queen's Park, which across the road from Port of Spain. That's right. And a lot of people know that MER owned Mentone. Mentone used to come to Trinidad to race in a schooner. MER born in schooners. That was the business. And the, all the horses had to play in Mentone. When they came to Trinidad to race, they used to put them on a schooner Tuesday or Wednesday night. They arrived in Trinidad. 24 30 hours afterwards on schooner in a box mm-hmm. and raced on saturday you know the mentor wow. mentor was, was a genius a lot of great horses a lot of great foundation mares we had like chandler's had a good foundation there the dogs were well bought from them the throw 
Only Matt Creole sprinters I ever trained at Royal. That foundation there came from Barbados, Chandler's Medal. And um, we, we had good horses from, I bought a lot of horses from Barbados, they're very good. I won the Easter Guineas and John Goddard had horses there for many years and good horses. Nations, they were good grooms. And I came and when we decided to get horses from Jamaica, or Jamaican group. At one time, I 12, by, I think of my 18 grooms, 12 or 13 were Bajans and Jamaicans. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that when the Bajans or Jamaicans came here, they had to live in the paddock. They had nowhere yes. to live. So they yes. were in the paddock 24 7. Yes. Trinidad grooms lived in Lavantil and, and Bossier and, and James, and they had to get to the paddock every morning. But the Jamaicans and the Bajans, they were good grooms. They had no choice but to live in the paddock. So I, that was one of my uh, strong points. I, I took advantage of that. And I thought do you know a guy by the name very of very good? Do you know any other guy by the name of Ham Dog? Ham Dog was a was one of my grooms, and then he became a blacksmith. <laughs> you know Ham Dog well. The dog is still barking. The dog is still barking. He is. Huh? Well, if you give him my regards, I know. A, a, a boy that came into the paddock and worked for me, the first uh, involvement race was Nathan Squires. Yes. Nathan came yes. from school, boy for me for a long time. Roy Gordon, my head lad, trained the beta, everything about horses. Yes. And um, Nathan was. A, I'm so proud that he went to Barbados and he's he's done well. Yes. He he Canada not races. Yes. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot of that. We we had a group. Um, his name, his nickname, was Monkey. Yes, Gal Monkey. Gal Monkey. Gal Monkey. Lara. Last year, Lara. Um, but I bred him, and um, I, I I couldn't get what I wanted for him in the sales. I kept him, and I gave him to my son. Yes. All the coats ran in, in my son's name, and he was very friendly. With Brian Lara, they went to Patima College together. Okay. So he named all his horses Lassem Lara, Lara Lee Legend, Lara 5100. He named Lassem Lara. And yes. Dale Whitaker rode him, rode him first. And in that race, I had another filly owned by one of my real good owners, Alwyn Putin, called uh, Coney Island. And we thought she was the better horse at the Derby. So I brought Emil from Canada. I used to bring get bring Emil along to a lot of race meetings, right? And we put Emil on Coney Island and Dale Whitaker wrote Assem Lara. But Lara won and and, and and Coney Island didn't fire. And um Emil was upset. He said, We put me on the wrong horse, you bought me all the way from Canada. I said, well, I thought I'd put you on the right horse. But, Dale rode the horse very well. He won. He won the Derby last time. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I had, I looked after my jockeys. I, I had, you know, I always say, you can always get another owner. If you lose an owner, you can get another good owner. If you lose a good horse, you will get another good horse. But once in your lifetime as a trader, you will get a good job. I cherish the relationship I, I had with jockeys. I never had an argument with any jockey. 
I have a message hi, here yeah. for Dr. DeGans. He told me to say hi from his daughter. Oh, yes, yeah, Dr. Uh, Greg DeGans. Or Rob DeGans. Greg. Yes, right, Ro Ron, that's right. Yes, yes. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, his daughter. Um, Marianne. 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 Well, but she's a real. Yes. And Greg was a great horseman. Yes. Greg was a good vet. Yes. And if he, had, if he had took the veterinary medicine, I don't know, he would have been, in my opinion, he might have been still alive and he would have been very successful. Yes. But Greg right. tried to get involved in training. And Greg? Yes. Greg worked with Mark Hassey. Yes, right. Greg, get, Greg worked with Mark Hassey for a long time. And then he, assistant he, and went he on his own. And he stopped working with Mark. But yeah, that's right. And, um, the, you know, I had, I had a lot of uh, good vets around me. And I always tell them, I don't know any of them that would have been successful trainers. Mm -hmm. Dr. Bennett was one of the greatest vets we ever had. He worked here. He worked in Barbara he helped me build my stable and he always thought he knew everything and he <clears throat> thought how a doctor should ride and ride I said, I said Steve mm -hmm. if I gave all my horses and all cold grand horses you would be hard pressed to win a race <laughs> had different ideas I I trained several, we are very close friends. I trained several of him. And one of the conditions, he used to tell me, hey, I'm giving, coming to the pay ring, I will give my job instructions. I don't want you to give my job instructions. <laughs> and he, he was successful. He won a lot of, a lot of races and um, he, he knew what he was doing. And I remember he, he bought a horse for Jazz Simonette from Martinique called Made of Wales, a good C class horse. And in those days, we raced at Union Park Saturday and Monday. Easter Saturday was races and Easter Monday was races. And made a way to enter C class race on Saturday. He won. He was also mm -hmm. in the President Cup on Monday. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, well, I'm not going to run out again in 48 hours. And Steve was responsible for that. I said, Steve, I'm not going to be She won a C class race. And I don't think she's good enough for the governor's cup. Let's, let's leave her out. Give her a chance. He said, you give me a break. I am telling you, I am instructing you to enter the declare made a one on Monday. I said, see, but she just ran. Give her a chance. He said, no, mm -hmm. no, no, I am telling you. And don't worry. I don't need a book a jockey. I will get a jockey. <laughs> I had a favorite in the race, Tom Prince. Yes. Ali, yes. Owned by Peter Clark. And he said, he said, I know you want Trump Prince to win, you know. Ellis Clark also, he's the favorite, Charlie riding him. But you, you leave it to me. So he booked Bison, you know Bison? Yes. Bison was light. And we had 98 pounds and made a way, had 98 pounds in the president's <laughs> So he booked Bison and he told me, I don't want you to talk. <laughs> I will give him an instruction. I didn't take him on. I didn't think she had a chance. Uh -huh. But lo and behold, Sean, uh -huh. at the end, Charlie was winning on Trump. And Charlie even started to get ready for the camera. <laughs> Bison brought, made a way through the last. With a driving fishing, I just found. 
caught Crown Prince on the pole and beat Crown Prince. <laughs> well, for years I couldn't end it, end of that from Steve. <laughs> I would not, I would not have run any race, but anyway, yes, and he was successful. A lot of times, uh-huh. like, what he what he wanted done, and he was, he was right, he was right most time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was great, and he was a jockey, and nobody mm-hmm. believed that. He, he had a lot of good friends in Barbados, and he was a real, real good vet. I had good, good good people around me. I can't. I could never. The reason they got to me, I had great owners. I never had an argument or a disagreement with any of my owners. They had absolute confidence in me, whatever I did. But one thing I ensured, and I always did, Sean, mm-hmm. I never broke a rule. Mm-hmm. The rules. Racing is about betting. The longer mm-hmm. you have betting, you're gonna get people trying to circumvent rules. Yes. I never broke a rule. The people I trained for. I couldn't afford to break a rule because winning or losing made no difference to them. They wanted mm-hmm. their horses to do the best. And they they blood racing and they didn't win the draw. And, and horse racing is about losing. Have eighty or ninety horses for Saturday, for Saturday's racing, mm-hmm. but they only seven winners. So the other ninety-three are losers. Yes, horse right. racing is about losing. You have to be able yes. to lose. take the lips. And when you win, enjoy it. But it, it, you have plenty more losers and winners in Austria. Mm-hmm. That is why it's called the sport of kings, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one time they when they just formed the owner association in, in Trinidad, there was a race meeting in Port of Spain and the owners decided that they wanted more prize money and they would go on strike. So all the trainers called and myself called the trainers together and said, Well, I don't know what's going on here, but the owners, most of the owners give us instructions not to the horses to go to strike. So I said, well, I am an employee. After talk, all the owners I have horses entered for Saturday and see if they would go along. So they said, no problem. I said, well, I'll get back to you. I had, between court and myself, we had a majority of horses. And if, Court horses didn't run, they had no races, or if mine didn't run, they had no races. And if mine ran, they had races. The court mm-hmm. ran, they had races. So I call my owners. And Sean, I you would be amazed. Every single one that I had a horse to race on. So I said, Joe, I don't care if the prize money is a bunch of coconuts. I don't <laughs> care if we're racing for a silver cup. I want my horse to run. I can afford it. This is my pleasure. And I am not. You cannot not run my horse. If my horse is fit and well and you think it should run, it must run. I am not. I went back. I had a meeting. I have bad news for you. All my trainers said they don't care. I a bunch of people. And I have to run my horses. Well, the strike break up. Everybody's well, if Joe running the horses, I go run my a few a lot of cold owners also told him their horses must run. Because we had a lot of common owners. A lot of my owners had horses with food. So they hooked the strike match up. And races went on. And, you know, that, that is racing. It's, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's about winning. And I don't know I don't know any of my owners that, that ever left racing during a fight. You can't. And I've had owners who won derbies and gold cups and all that. That's what it's about, you know. And, and it's the, and one of the, Policies of philosophies I had is that 
it is a trainer's responsibility to ensure that it costs the owners as little as possible to raise a horse because he's going to lose. Correct. Mm -hmm. And you're not to, you should not be paying anything that he should not have to pay for. Mm -hmm. If you say hopefully for this horse to swim twice, charge him twice. Don't charge him three and four times. Mm -hmm. If they whatever the black tip, you have to make sure it's a little plus to keep you because you're gonna lose. Mm -hmm. That's his fun. And that was my and philosophy and uh, actually um at one time the trainers wanted to increase their fees mm -hmm. everything got more expensive and he said fellas i don't know if the owners could afford i tell you what i intend to i'm not going to increase my fees but what i'm going to do instead of charging 10 percent commission i'm going to charge the owners 12 and a half percent because if you want a race you don't mind paying a little extra and mm -hmm. that will offset running and keeping the horses and uh, we're not to charge the owners more to keep the horses. Well, a lot, a lot of the trainers did that, a lot didn't, and a lot charge the owners more. But, uh, you know, that, that you have to keep the owners in the game, you know. A lot of them could afford it, and a lot of them could, say, could afford five or $6,000 a month to keep it. That's their fun, yeah, and they must enjoy it. And that is why I I didn't train the bottom. When my horses got down into the class, I used to tell you, look, this is no fun again. Get rid of them. And yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of, a lot of them we soon were quite mm -hmm. successful. Uh, but they got to enjoy it. Uh, and they got to be comfortable and they got to have their horses not be, uh, be well looked after. I never had any problem with that. Mm. I, I have two I have two questions here. Uh, uh, Anthony Andrews is asking about Ellis. How is Alice? You know who Alice, Alice is? Alice Alafal. Yes, he was, he was, yeah, Alice Alafal was assistant of Boboy Maraj. Nice boy. Okay. He's, he's, he's not in racing, but I'm in touch with him. I speak to him every day. I'm called, I'm sure he's listening to the program tonight. Alice okay. was a great horse when he learned a lot. He, 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 he was responsible for a lot of Boboy Maraj's success. All right. But this is one of first every morning. This is this is one of my boys boys here and anthony andrews who who he spent some time at barbados with us he's in, in florida now so and then the other question yes. is people asking about your book we talked about it on the back side just now want to know where they yeah. can get the book man help us well i i will sean i would get some back i actually when i launched this book i came to barbados and we had a big launch at the Turf club Yes. And all the members we took were there and i had this book was available at Dare's bookstore at cave shepherd for years yes and they were not selling okay. and they were selling in Trinidad. i didn't really i didn't really write this book to sell them to, to make you know, i sold the books to, to offset the cost it was very expensive to produce yes. these books yes. and this book is not my autobiography it's not my life it is about my life in all the jockeys, there's a story about every single jockey that ever wrote for me. Every owner I trained for, there's a story. Everyone was different, different owners. They had, you know, uh, and um, you had to try and please all of them. Everybody enjoyed. Some of them came to the paddock to see their horses every day. Some never came. I, I won the, um, race the a classic for an owner that never saw the horse until the day of the race, you know, and uh, uh, owners, I bought and sold horses for their owners. They didn't even know I. I remember um, buying Loki for Mr. Connell, 
he had absolute confidence in me and I used to uh, pay all his bills and buy horses for him and um, Steve Bennett bought, bought Loti out from England for Jar Simonet, Martinican. I trained him and she was a good filly and then Jar said he was getting out, he wanted to sell the horse. And I said, Steve, what do you want for it? And he told me, I don't know, 20 or 25,000. And I said, okay, I will buy it from Mr. Connell. Mr. Connell was in Florida, but he had a farm there and he was in Florida. So I gave, I bought the horse from Mr. Connell and I had power and I changed it to Mr. Connell's name. And Mr. Connell didn't know. I never even had a chance to call him and say, look, you own a horse, I bought a horse. So um, he, I think he heard that Loki ran in his colors and won. And somebody told Rang and said, Oh, Maurice, congrats. You want to race today? He said, I want to race. I didn't know how to horse race. They rang me. He said, Joe, I want to race today. I said, Yes. I bought a horse called Loti. And she ran today and she won. You raised Rhoda. He said, oh, God, well done. But I didn't know he didn't even know he owned the horse. That, that's the kind of confidence that well, Mr. Hadley, we have a video here of Loti beating Windy Hill. Would you like to take a look at that? Always look at it. This is the Trinidad Turf Club Trophy handicap for the top class bunch going 1720 meters for a first prize of $15,000. A field of 10 taking entry headed by Loti, written by Winston Walton today at 14 to 1. There's Eagle's Wing, Peter Valley Rides at 7 to 1. Boundary Bay, Venice Richards. The Jockey, 8 to 1. Country Warrior, this American bred horse, written by Budu Singh. And there's Abbasbury, K. Jaro, the rank outside at 99 to 1. Windy Hill, the top class colt, today ridden by Najir, who is going to claim and uh, bringing the Windy Hill's weight down to 59.5 kilos. Windy Hill is to, the 3 to 2 betting choice. There's Wee Fred taking on the A class bunch for the first time, written by Ram Sami. Drum Fada dropped in class recently to B1, written by Ranjit Kasun today. Sea Ruler, written by Chinsu in at 30 to 1. And Green Haze. The horse, the Pantos here feel, who has a chance to beat Woody Hill. He is in a 2-1, ridden by his regular jockey, Eric Sudama. So 10 runners going to post for the Trinidad Turf Club Trophy handicap. 10 runners, and they're all away. Let's see who's going to pick it up. Green Haze coming away very fast on the outside. Looks like he's going to pick it up now. It's Green Haze, Bantry Bay, Windy Hill, the favorite. Green Haze and Windy Hill passing the grandstand for the first time. Boundary Bay, there's Green Haze going across now to lead from Boundary Bay. Wee Fred, Windy Hill, Drumfather, Abbotsbury, Loti, there's Country Warrior, Eagles Wing, and five lengths back to Sea Ruler. Green Haze going around the bottom bed in the lead by a length from Wee Fred, there's Boundary Bay in third, Drumfather, and uh, Windy Hill just about touching in fifth. But Wee Fred passes Green Haze as they pass the 1200 meter marker. It's Wee Fred by a length and a half from Green Haze. Then Boundary Bay going well in third, Drumfather with a lightweight in fourth. Then Windy Hill and Loti moving up. Also there's Eagles Wing, Babbitsbury and Country Warrior and Sea Ruler catching up. They've got a thousand meters to race and Wee Fred showed by two lengths from Boundary Bay. Then Green Haze in third. Drumfather coming under the whip and Windy Hill moving so easily past them now. It's Wee Fred from Boundary Bay and, we, and uh, Windy Hill in third now. They got towards the 800 meter mark and with Wee Fred leads by two lengths from Boundary Bay and in third on the outside is the favorite Windy Hill. Three lengths back to Green Haze is not doing too well at the stage with that big weight. 600 meters have got to race and Wee Fred leads the pack from Boundary Bay and Windy Hill challenging and moving into second now. Loti is coming with a run on in fourth now. 400 meters have got to race in this big race today and it's Wee Fred being challenged by Windy Hill. And the Windy Wee Fred from Windy Hill then instead on the outside is Loti with a lightweight. Looks dangerous at the stage. They're straightened up into the home bend now and it's Windy Hill being challenged by Loti on the outside and Loti is in fact 
disappointing Windy Hill at this stage. Lotis of the Chairs of the Grandstand has picked it up. And this Irish Birdmare is coming away to beat the favourite Windy Hill. Lotis going to win this one from Windy Hill. Weefred is third. Eagles Wing running on to fourth. Fifth is Green Haze, Sea Ruler, Boundary Bay, Father, Country Warrior, and Abbotsbury. Last of the lot. What a fantastic race for the feature event today. The Trinidad Turf Club Trophy Handicap. There were so many arguments. Loti was outclassed. Loti does not like firm ground, but she certainly uh, won as she well liked here. She beat the favorite Windy Hill coming away. Loti beating Windy Hill, Wee Fred, and Eagles Wing at the feature race, race number nine. Very lovely to have all these videos for you, Mr. Hadi. So look at them. Thank you very much. Do you have do you have the race that you want for me? I wish I had found it. I got the picture as I was showing you earlier. I could show our viewers. Let's show the show us the picture, man. Yes, yes. This is in July 6, yeah. 1992 on Speed Fair. I think that was at the Savannah, wasn't it? That's right. At the Savannah. That horse was owned by a great, great racing stalwart, Mrs. Che. She loved She died uh, at a ripe old age. Years ago. She lived her life was racing. She owned champions. She she, she brought on Declan Gillespie, and, and, and she was a great, great woman. And she was, every time, whenever lost the race she would phone me and apologize <laughs> well but it was I great and i you know i i i, I cherish uh, i looked after my jockey I, well, I, I can tell you that, um, right in me a few times that, there in terms of that. i can I tell you um brent i I had an owner accused Charlie of not doing this. And that owner had five horses with me, good horses. I knew Charlie was riding a horse for them called Reflection, who hadn't run for a long time. Hugh Blaze was riding Red Wine, owned by Richard Atkinson, <laughs> who, who was very friendly with Charlie. So I told Charlie, look, if she not, she has no chance. Don't beat her. We got a Creole race uh, in two weeks' time. She hasn't run for a long time, and she she used to bleed a bit, and we had to give her a rest anyway. So halfway, Charlie realized, and Charlie was expert at this. He knew early in a race if he had a chance or not. And as a matter of fact, he he's, he got in trouble a lot of times for dropping his hands. I never beat up a horse if he do it in our time. Charlie realized that halfway up the street, when she looked like she was, she wasn't pulling out, and he eased up. And he came on the outside with red wine and won the race. But mm. well, lo and behold, everybody started to say Charlie didn't try. Richard Atkins says his buddy, he's a pigeon horse. You that. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I thought he only wanted an excuse. We got a Charlie. There was one member of the authority there uh, who didn't like Charlie because that really because he was too successful. And, and um, so they had a big inquiry, and the owners they convinced the owners to tell. So yes, I 
If there's one person in the world that don't like losing, it's Charlie Joe. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I like to what happened. They had an apartment and they, they put on Charlie for three months. What? Charlie was upset. I, I got upset, very upset. And I told him, let's take the horses away. Five, mm -hmm. a big one. Yeah. I, am gonna, I, I have to pick up my jockeys. Charlie mm -hmm. is my jockey, and if you are not satisfied, and you could do that. So they took the horses away. Mm -hmm. So two weeks afterwards, the horses come in the Creole race. You ride in it. The same horse that you, Charlie, are not riding. So mm -hmm. all the trainers were telling me, Joe, if you win this race, you know, but I'll make Charlie look. I said, I don't mm -hmm. care, Charlie, didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. You won the race. And Charlie was wrong, did suspended for three months wow well charlie is so great that for the three months that he was suspended we had no reason we had a virus we had no suspension <laughs> but he was actually he was very upset i had a right to he did nothing wrong and mm -hmm. that also made them change the rules from that, from that day, they decided to put down jockeys for race days and not time. If they, mm. put, they don't put it down for a month, they put it down for 10 race days. So if it's 10 races, two months, you wouldn't ride for two months. If they put it for three months, and we had no reason for three months. And that was awful. I, you know, people accuse jockeys of not doing And then I had another incident with Emil. Emil was riding Hilario was the best one of these those I ever trained. And Emil rode Hilario and the horse he had a beat was a horse trained by Cole called Bovet. Emil got in all kinds of trouble. Had a terrible race. Got he got the Bovet Bob beat him the shortest of heads. He took the camera, I will tell you, minutes to separate them. Lo and behold Somebody told us that Emil didn't do his best. Emil didn't try. I said, Are you want people? You know how brilliant Emil would have to be to lose a race by a short head and not do his best? They <laughs> <laughs> said they didn't want Emil to ride. They said they didn't want Emil to ride the horses again. I said, Emil is my stable job. <laughs> if you can't ride his horses, get somebody else a trainer. But one of the owners of my owners was my close friend. And he knew that that didn't happen. Just one of the one other who felt Emil, he was so upset that Bovic beat Hilario. And there was mm -hmm. chalk and cheese between the horses. Hilario was yes. a long better than Bovic. So I told him, and he begged me, he said, Look, so I can. Yeah, his internet is in and out all the time. Yes. Well, we got the race with Hilario and Emil and Sammy. Yes. Bring that race. But we can bring in the race now. I'll bring it. The battalion takes the third edition. Still strong support for Baldic. There they go, quickly away and smartly on the outside. Hilario, both clear of the field by two already. And
and Lees at the stage from Delfino. Well up to flying Rocket and Borvik. Uh, in fact, uh, just a gigolo is uh, just about fourth. Borvik is fifth and about a gap of seven back to run Rayboy. That's the order. It's Hilarion flying Rocket upsides. And I guess, uh, in fact, Emil Ramsani would have liked to be a lot... Uh, uh, further ahead, but he still leads uh, from uh, Flying Rocket and Delfino showing good pace. Then just a jiggler showing quite well too. Borvik is just about fifth at this stage. And uh, the pace is quite a good one for the two-year-olds here, the Stallion Six. It's uh, the Hadid runners going one-two at the stage, Hilario and the Flying Rocket. But Borvik is cruising under Ranch Castoon. Just a jiggler showing up quite well too. And they've gone well clear of Delfino and uh, Run Red Boy. These two are well out of it. Coming right back to the corner, the leader is Hilario and uh, Flying Rocket on the outside, Borvik just behind them, just a gigolo looks beaten, into the strip they come and Flying Rocket come in to deliver his challenge with Borvik, but Hilario still holds the advantage, on the outside Borvik not finding uh, much here, but Hilario is holding on, it looks like Emil Ramsani is picked right, he does, because he's going clear on the speedy Hilario by three, he's opening up daylight here, wins it by three and a half from Borvik, Flying Rocket gets uh, third, then just a gigolo, gap of 25 back to Runray Boy, last of the lot. Delfino. Well, many people thought that Emil had picked wrong here on Hilario and passing up the chance of riding Flying Rocket. Well, at the turn it simply looked that he did in fact pick wrong, but Hilario quickened where it mattered and uh, the small cult went away from the field. He is uh, by American Honor, who has already uh, thrown so many winners that one can lose count, and out of the mess sorority and bred by Trevor Panetta and Dee Pratfoot and being led back by the owners and breeders. This two-year-old really uh, uh, taking his bankroll up some $34,000, in fact, for the fine performance. Only his second start on a track, and did he ever beat them here? And the Stallions takes an important victory for Hilario, coming home from Borvik, who just got the better, a flying rocket, just a gigolo, good effort in fourth, but safely held by the first three. So the results there, the Stallions takes. That was a great ride there. So which track that was? Because there were what there's three different four different tracks, right? Yeah, that oh, that's Queen's Park. Oh, that's Queen's Park. Okay. That's Queen's Park. Um, Mr. Hadi is still off. Yes, unfortunately, his internet was given some trouble. Um, I've dropped him an email, and we're waiting for him to join us back online. Well, okay. We can continue. Yes, continue. While we're doing that. How about we check out a few of his Trinidad Derby winners? Yes, because instead. people are asking about beheaded, so we could we could show beheaded. Yes. Okay. Um, well, we'll watch the beheaded race beheaded. now. And when I he comes back, Mr. Hadley will be back. Yes, we'll talk about that when he comes back. The what? What have our people been saying about beheaded? What's the lead up to this? I think it's the. Uh, 19, yes, um, um, Hugh, Hugh Blades won that race with me, and I think that was his first Derby winner. Okay, Hugh Blades. Yes. We should get him on the show one day. Yes, we must. <laughs> Anyhow, but let's watch me headed now, and we'll hopefully get back in touch with Mr. Hadi. Right. This is three hours going 1,890 meters, or approximately nine furlongs and 100 yards. A race long awaited by race fans here in Trinidad and Tobago and uh, 13 horses to face the starter, including the two that represented this country at the Caribbean Classic in Venezuela, when they ran poorly. This time, number six beheaded is the Eden's favorite, odds on. It's seven to one, number three Moon Rocket, who won a race over nine furlongs on firm going in the absence of these two. And then after that, it's uh, 10 to one, horse number 14. That's Mary Legs, written by Willie Carson. 
9 to 1, number 1, Isis, and surprisingly, horse number 10, Royal Boatside, is at. Nice flashing there on the roaders. And they're all away for the 50th running of the derby. And in the middle of the pack, beheaded is one who shows first. Lady Bounty's equerry is also well up on the rail, and Royal Petition with the hood in between horses. So they race in front of the grandstand for the first time. They've got over a mile to race, and the leader is beheaded on the rail from Royal Petition. Royal Boatside close up in third. Then comes Tardo on the outside in fourth. Final Ben moving up into a challenging position as well. And in the middle of the pack, we've got Lady Bounty's equerry and Isis Sorority. And uh, lots of lot as they go around the bottom corner, it's a uh, blaze of glory. Just under seven furlongs race now as they go around the bottom corner, it's beheaded on a tight rein, two lengths clear of Royal Petition, Royal Boatside in third, then comes Lady then we come to Isis, Moon Rocket and Sorority. Up the back stretch they go now, they've got just over five furlongs to race and it's still beheaded, making all of the running. Three lengths clear now of Royal Petition, Royal Boatside takes closer order in third. Then comes uh, Stardom in fourth, losing ground. Moon Rocket making a four move, so to his sorority. Towards the four furlong marker they go now, and it's still beheaded the leader. By just two and a half, three lengths now. From Royal Boatside, who runs into second spot. Royal Petition is losing ground in third. Then comes Moon Rocket running into fourth. Sorority is fifth, and Lady Bounty's equerry and Blaze of Glory improving. Past the three furlong marker they go now, it's still beheaded. Lengthening that gap to six lengths from Royal Boatside. Royal Petition is in third, then comes Moon Rocket in fourth. Two and a half furlongs race, and it's beheaded now all alone. Ten lengths clear at the top of the stretch. They've got just an He won't be caught now from Royal Boat side. Moon Rocket has run into third. Lady Bounty's Equity is in fourth. So to Sorority and Blaze is already rounding the field. Inside the home stretch now, it's still beheaded who leads by some 15 lengths from Moon Rocket. Here comes Blaze of Glory to challenge the second. But Beheaded is going to win the 50th running of the derby very easily now. Beheaded wins it from Blaze of Glory, who's just going to get up to beat Moon Rocket four seconds. Insert it's Moon Rocket, then comes Lady Bounty, Zachary, Isis, Royal Boatside, Sorority, Mary Leg, Flying Spark, Royal Petition, and uh, last of the lot, we've got Final Ben. by some 11 lengths, this Baycold by Beckett out of Whipaway, classified B3, bred by Mr. Savno and Mr. Alvin Thomas at the Rancho Caballero Sub in Dabadi and uh, owned by the same connection. Trained by Joe Hardy, who is here to see him win today, and ridden by Hugh Blade, carried the topping post of 126 pounds. The first winning ride in a derby for Hugh Blade in his first attempt. Second, the big surprise, number nine, Blaze of Glory, a chestnut filly by Princely Ford out of Devon Glory, who has bred three derby winners, but today, well, the offspring found one going better. Welcome back, Mr. Honey. Sean. Yes. <laughs> Sean. Yes, sir. Well, I don't, I, my, my internet has gone down, so I am using uh, a cell phone to talk to you. Okay, no problem. By all is means necessary. All means plugged necessary. In? Love it. Is it plugged in or so? Well, when I I noticed I um I was telling you about when Amy lost the job, <clears throat> I kept the horses and they told me to get another jockey. I said the only other jockey that I would get was Venice Richards. Right. <clears throat> Venice rode the horse Hilario on one, the Midsummer Classic, and a lot of races on him, and. It, Venice was a genius, you know, and yes, I had a yes. very good relationship with Venice. Yes. Um, and I don't think he got the credit that he should mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a jockey and, and as a human being, you know. Yes, correct. Um, 
And I will tell you, I was once uh, in Jamaica. I went racing there with Pat Russo. Yes, and um, mine also. Good guy. Yeah, Pat Russo. He was um, Westies Cricket Board President at one time. That's right. Correct. Great racing man. He started my um, career in Barbados, actually. Correct. And he he was responsible for a lot of the, the closest between Jamaica and Trinidad and Barbados and racing. Yes. That's right. So I saw, there was an apprentice race, and I saw these apprentices, right? The apprentices, and they were brilliant. They were all well balanced, lovely mm -hmm. seats. So I said, Pat, I, I can't believe the standard of, of these apprentices. Do you have a, an apprentice school? He said, Yeah, we have. I mm -hmm. said, Who's the tutor? He laughed and he said, Venice Richards. <laughs> Venice Richards was responsible for tutoring a lot of those Jamaican jobs. Wow. And he left. He left Jamaica and went back to Barbados. I think, I don't know what happened in Barbados. And then Charlie rang me and said, you know, Venice doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. I was chairman of the racing authority. I said, he doesn't have a job. I said, he has one in Trinidad, send him. Yes. And he came to Trinidad. He didn't get his support from, from the authority that he should get, but mm -hmm. he started a riding school here. He's teaching the jockeys, but Venice was brilliant. He was a lovely human being. He won many races for me if I didn't. He was my outside jockey. If I couldn't yes. get any of my stable jockeys, all right, yes. I would never look further than Venice Richard. He rode for Colts for a long time. We had a great relationship. Yes. And, um, you know, I don't know what can be done to really remember him as a human being. And, and at the finish, yeah, he, he spent all his days in the jockey's room in Trinidad, uh, talking to the jockeys, mm -hmm. making sure they're properly dressed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's a pity that we didn't get more out of him, you know. Yes, that was, was sad. sad. He passed away, what was it, maybe even a year? A couple of years ago, I think. No, it's a couple of years. years, no. It might be a couple of years, man. But it was... It would have been it, so good to record some of his... Sorry, Sean. Yes. I, 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 my cell phones are not here too well. Okay. No, I was saying that it was very sad when Venice died. It was really um, depressing is the word. To, to hear how what went down, you know what I mean? It wasn't nice, especially his You're right. He deserved, and, and you know, a lot of a lot of jockeys, you know, they they we don't have a proper pension plan for jockeys, no. and we don't have no. a proper pension plan. We don't look after our jockeys. A lot of them fell by the wayside. A lot of them, you know, after the the, the riding, they they you know they they have nothing. They, they they're too heavy to ride. They can't ride again and they can't make a living correct and and that's that's why I, I encourage youngsters to go overseas in, to the international market because there's so much opportunities to get into other things you know what i mean when they're finished writing there's so much opportunities overseas yes all over the world they have they have they're, they're looked after but anyway yes yes I, I, we have to do that, in the caribbean Is he gone again? Yes, unfortunately, it seems like we've lost Mr. Hadi. Um, I think he'll sign back in shortly, I hope. Um, yes, but, but he made a good point there, though. I mean, that's something we we got to talk more about. I find that. How do we that get involved with the, the turf clubs? 
I don't know if there's a, it goes back to like the Jockeys Association. We need something to look after them. I mean, yes, a, a better system. I think you need a better system to that designed to help you when you get older and that at least you could get some kind of, as you said, a pension plan. I mean, all of us here, Barbers, used to write and put money into something, but I don't know. I don't know what I put money into. I don't know. You know what I mean? Where did it go? You know? It wasn't no pension plan, nothing. So it's something that must be done. But this, this is a problem all over, though. Because look at look at this young lady who just fell. I mean, we had to get we had to get a GoFund to really help her out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the reason for that is is that jockeys who are insured in North America, if you haven't ride ridden a certain amount of races, the money you're gonna get is is chicken. Not it's nothing. You can't survive on it. No, you know what I mean? And that's crazy, man. I think I think they'll cough you when you're really injured badly, but that's about it, right? I mean, we don't want everyone to be on death's door to be looked after, but I mean, like, if you're just career ending. But Brett, you you were injured badly in Barbados. I did you get anything for that? I I think my father had health insurance on me, but no, I didn't get much at all. Well, I think Mr. Hadid is back. Hi there, Mr. Hadid. All right, you're back on the big screen. All right, you're here. We can see okay, you. Are you with me now? Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Right. yes. Thank you so much, Roger. Yes, yes. We were talking, Mr. Hadley, about what we could... A story about... Go ahead. Sorry? I'll mm -hmm. tell you, um, you know, in the old days, we had a lot of English jobs. Yes. Yeah. Freddie Thurkel, Crossley. You're going back really far now. You're going back. You're taking us back. You're taking us back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We weren't uh, born yet. Good yes. Right in here. And uh, they were very successful. And mm -hmm. um, we, they, uh, Bobby Hardridge. And, and, and yes. Now there was a job, great job. He called Frank O'Neill. Yes. He ran, he wrote. He rode for Lou Fisher, who was a Bajan that lived here, and uh -huh. he had a lot of Bajan horses. That had a bought horses out of a steel line called Fair Joe. Right. And did Franco drank. He had a, a drinking problem. Oh, there. So uh, Lou Fisher went to, a week before the race, the, the derby, uh, when Frank gave the work the horses, when they were finished, he said to Frank, Bring your clothes, you come in with me. So Frank said, mm -hmm. Where I come in do? I say you he said you in my house. And Luke Lou Fisher took Frank O'Neill to his house and kept him in his house for the week before the derby. <laughs> Brought him to the track, Luke Darjeeling. Yeah, I was called Darjeeling for the favorite. Brought him back home, gave him breakfast, looked after him, made sure he went to bed early. Frank didn't touch a drink for the week. Uh -huh. And Darcy won the derby. And the, the morning, the, after the derby, night after the derby, when Frank O'Neill um, um, thought he's going back to Mr. Fisher's home, Mr. Fisher said, No, I don't need you again. You go do no job. <laughs> you, you've done your job for me already. <laughs> and I'll come with a brilliant jockey. We had great English jockeys here. 
Freddie Turkel, little working about Abbey Rossi. Yeah, I wrote for him when I first started. Yes, wrote for him also. I wrote for both those guys. The second, yeah, my second, French yeah, my second race, I came, I rode a horse for him called Alamanda, and I got beat a nose by um Tony Ski, beat me right on his box. It was a horse called Irish Eyes. But that was the Peter Ward's horse, Irish Eyes. Okay, and the thing about it was, is that even there, but so I rode this horse at 85 pounds or something like that. She was a horse, she was five years old at the time, haven't done nothing since a two year old career. But even it was so happy, he let her in like if I won the race, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and he was a real grumpy man. Yeah. You know what I mean? That guy was grumpy and always kind of. He was. He used to put a little fear in you as a young apprentice, you know? <laughs> Freddie Turkle used he to was, play for David Steele at the time. He was a, David. a hard class master. Yeah. Yes. And I remember. Um, the Freddie jockey, Turkle. a brilliant jockey. Yeah. Those, those guys were, I, I hear my dad talk with those guys, yeah. you know? What about Mark? You had called the Frankie name Murray. What's that, Brent? Who's that? There was a jockey you called earlier, Mr. Hattie, I think. Timmy Murray? Yeah, Timmy Murray. Timmy Murray. Yeah, Timmy was an apprentice. Lovely. Actually, he's a, he's my, he's a dentist today and he's my dentist. Wow. And he's still, he's still <laughs> love racing. Timmy was I brilliant. Remember he, as a kid. Timmy was heavy. Yes. Yeah. Timmy heavy. And he had a fight with his weight. And, and my wife used to get back with me because Timmy would eat a, a biscuit and a piece of cheese for the day and <laughs> sip a juice and all that. <laughs> and I, 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 I would give, you know, you learn a lot in racing. One, one of the things I learned was not to argue with handicappers. Mm -hmm. The handicappers, they know what they're doing. And you know, I don't know any trainer that ever said, Your boy, my horse is the, the way horse. Okay, they get enough weight. I expected plenty more. Every mm -hmm. time I hope a horse handicapped a lot of weight, every trainer finds it too much. So I had a horse called the Lord Mayor, a, a barbarous horse. I bought mm -hmm. for um, a tweet after I had a horse with me. And Timmy rode uh, this horse in an F class race. And one, and he was entered in a. I entered him in an ENF class race the next time because I said if I put him by a class race, they're gonna give him too much weight. So I entered him in an ENF. And when the weights came out for the ENF class race, he was stopped with in an E class race. Well, boy, I behave so bad. <laughs> I said this is bandits. I, I wrote a letter to the handicappers, and the only thing I did not do is accuse them of dishonesty. I said you don't know what you're doing. How can you give us <laughs> a class or stop with an E class? So Timmy Murray wrote it, Lord Man. He said, trainer, I chance. I said, Timmy, the horse has no chance. I am in it. But to in my letter, I told the handicappers on a counter that I will not go in I was gonna scratch your horse. But the owner who traveled a lot was not in trainer right now. He rang me in Joe, uh, Lord Mayor running on Saturday. I said, No, Arthur, it's not running. They gave it too much weight, he has no chance, and you're going to take a race out of your He said, Well, I don't interfere, but I do, I'm going to train a lot. I'm going to be here on Saturday, and I would like to see the horse run. Mm. So, if you don't mind and hurt the horse, I would like to run it. So, I had instructions in the horse, I decided to run the horse. 
And um, I put up Jimmy. He was at Talkway industry. He said, Jimmy, look, don't beat him up. They have too much weight. Although he claimed, I think Jimmy was only claiming three pounds then or whatever. He still had no chance. Well, Sean, Lord Mayor, brisket. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He brisket cancer the race. The handicappers were more than right. <laughs> After the race, the stewards called me. And I did what they wanted before. When I went into the stewards' room, the chief steward there, Mr. Aubrey Boyak, a great man with a great sense of humor, he had all the handicappers there in his room. So he said, um, Hadid, we have a letter here from you to the handicappers, accusing them of claiming that the Lord may have too much weight. <laughs> and he just miscounted by six lengths. <laughs> said, uh, do you want us to reply to this letter? I said, no. I am sorry. And I will never give or criticize your hand again. I never <laughs> they know we criticize and blame them. You know, all the time. I promote my horse, they should promote it, they have too much weight. That that reason. Handicappers. We had good handicappers here, and they're, they're honest, the integrity can't be questioned. Sure, they would make a mistake. Sure, they have trainers who try to beat them and beat the system. But I don't know anybody that got rich out of being dishonest and racing. Mm, true. It catches up with you. True. It's bigger. Well, I have a million years. I, I have a note here from a, from a guest, Sorry? Dormark Cozier. And this is what he said. Yes. Joe Hadid was bred to be a horseman, one of the best ever in the world of racing. If he ever got on the international sea, he would seen he would have been a top. He would be at, at the top of his game. So pe people still love you. They still feel so highly of you, and that's great, man. I will tell you on when racing. When we left the Savannah, we mm. had a function, all the trainers. You know, we used to like, the name of my book is Under the Fiddle Tree. Because yes. we used to lie under a tree at the soundtrack called Fiddle yes. Tree. All, yes. uh, every morning. And we had a function there, the drinks and so on. All the boys were there, all these people. And last day in the van. And a chap came up to me and he said, uh, Mr. Hadid, I want to present you with a, what, for what? I didn't know this boy at all. The girl plaque. The plaque read, I spent my life following your horses. I spent my last dollar betting on your horses. But every time I lost, I knew I lost fear. Mm. And that is what racing is about. Yes. You're going to lose. Yes. I, I, my, my worst days in racing, Sean, is when we had favorites. When Charlie wrote for me, every horse, we had favorites, one to five, one to nine favorites. And they got beat. Yes. That night, life can tell you, I will be upset. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, the amount of people came to races today and bought this course and yes. lost their money. Yes. And on form, everything this horse had no right to lose. Mm -hmm. It's not an exact science. Mm -hmm. Charlie, I said, Charlie, what I said, I do know. I do you know what happened to this horse. Just in fire. Mm -hmm. And his favorite. People lose their mm -hmm. money. When people come to races, they must get a fair chance. Mm -hmm. When you go to the window and you hand the cash your dollar, they give you a piece of paper. Mm. You must have a chance. Yes. If there's this honesty, 
and the whole few better on when they give you that paper is not doing its best you could tear it up and put it in with paper basket you have no chance yes. that is not right i i am paranoid about that the punters must have a chance so they're going to lose mm-hmm. so we're going to lose more than we win when they lose they must lose fair yes and that is what gives racing sustainable character now a punter is the easy, easiest person to get out of racing if a punter leaves the racetrack and he's satisfied he throw the race bucket and dustbin and he said because mm-hmm. i don't know if the, my horses must have a chance a lot of time i remember one meeting a five-day meeting at Rima. we had a lovely horse came down work all the horses said joe boy this is robbery we're going to make a jail for them at Rima. we're going to win up these horses so well mm-hmm. with a five-day meeting the fourth day the highest one of the horses place was doing
with every horse in the stable and the groom. When that change, you know, you try the, the pedigree change. Why have to ride the pedigree of the horse every week? You know, and and, and the owner's colors, all that is there. Well, now it's a lot easier because the computerized. I talk every days before we had computers. Yes. Correct and all that. It's much simpler. And you have to racing change all over the world. You have to change with it. Of course. We have to change our rules. So our circumstances, our environment, and make make the use user friendly, and, mm -hmm. and make make them fair to everybody. You know, try what, and get as fair as you can. What what I have found though, I I found that because we have so much of our guys now are on the international market, and when they come back home, they're coming back home to still a behind the time system. Old school. Old school, and they they seem to be very frustrated with. I can't believe they're still doing that. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. And I'm hoping in the near future, because of our international flavor now, we, we have so much guys in the international market that we have to rise to the occasion and, and, and you know, be on the level playing field with the international yeah, market. See, look, That's what I feel. Sean, with technology today, you can mm -hmm. go in the computer, you know the rules of racing track in America. The of rules course. of racing in England. Our rules yes. are it. And one thing I criticize our industry, our jockeys and trainers, they do not have a vibrant enough association. Correct. When I got involved in our trainer association, I made sure it was vibrant and respected. Who the run myself, we and the stewards listened to us. The reason authority listened to us. Mm -hmm. Because we were not selfish. We didn't go there to something to please me or to please school. And 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 I studied racing. I studied racing like like going to university. I, I subscribe to every racing journal they have in the world. Mm -hmm. I right here in this room, I have the history of racing in the West Indies and in the world here. Wow. So you and it's, it's, a lot of rules are old, they change. Yes. Every day they change rules to be up to date. You gotta modernize. We're modernizing the racing. I tell you one thing. Do you know that the Barbados Turf club had starting stalls before Trinidad. Yes, and when I, and I know Barbados starting stalls, I went to Barbados to see them because we, the trainers say, "That's madness! Oh, you don't get a horse in those small boxes. You take all in and do them. You would never." We are customer, right? Yes, and Barbados started it. We started and. and Imagine having races without that. I'll give you a story about they I had a horse called Matanza. Charlie rode his horse, won three races the race meeting. On the last day, Matanza had a lot of weight. So I said, Charlie, look, I'm gonna clean. He said, for no part, it was the last race of the day. So mm -hmm. Charlie went with the tan, and then it was a rainy day. The starting stall stuck in the seventh long shoot. This race was a mile. So they said they started this race with a flag, flag star. I said, Jesus Christ, there's not one jockey in this race ever a race with a flag star. Charlie rode the flag star long before. I said, Rossi Roy, walk in the ground. Charlie for me. Charlie came down with a beer in the sun. He said, Charlie is a flag star. 
I take it down the apprentice. You gotta write this whole thing off. Wait, he said, "Draw your mind." I said, "The only man rode and raced a black star." So Charlie rode the horse. Who was a friend of Charlie myself from from the club? We knew him from the old and Nigeria. And they make Portfield twenty horses. A million tries to get this and set the bath in Matanza and waited. When Charlie realized the land and the side of up, he put Matanza into a up. And when the starter put down the flag to start the race, Charlie was 10 lengths ahead of everybody. <laughs> Every scanter. Talking just scrambling behind. They didn't know anything about a flag start. After the race, the crowd started to go to the starter and they said, Charlie. Hadid and Jones' friend, and really, really all. But Charlie, knew, I knew that none of them had get the advantage. Charlie wouldn't have blocked that. And the uh -huh. one I raised for top weight anymore. Charlie was, was 10 lengths ahead of them. And, and, and that is why, but you, you can't imagine this today. You know, but the trainers have done, we have done great. The horses are well schooled. Some of them mm -hmm. give trouble. And um, I was proud of it, but I, I boast in all my only on one occasion, one of my horses went to the start and refused to lose. Roy was G. Roy used to use those horses training. Today, we had started saw the parade for Spain, and my horses had to go through because I knew if you went to the start, and you had act up, you get worked up, you lose energy. And one thing that the father had instructed from me is never put a twitch on one of my horses to put in his stalls. If you mm -hmm. had to twitch a horse and force it and, and, and lift it up and go in the stalls, he don't want to be there. He don't want to be in the race. At how are we going to Yes. Yes. And, and by and large, we have done an excellent job over the years. Oh, mm -hmm. in, all over in Barbados, the attendance, they get the horses get loaded and, 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 and race it. But since we're on the start on subject starting stalls, because we know that Barbados started first, but we also know that Winston Walton was the first jockey to win in both countries. How how did that happen? Winston Walton saw the first race at the starting stalls. Yeah, in Barbados and in Trinidad. Yeah. Well, Winston Road in Barbados, right? You started before us. Okay, so he, he was a little familiar with it then. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then when we started, when the first race, Winston rode it, he, he won. Yes. But as you know, the starting stalls that we use are different than those that we use in America. Yes. We don't allow attendants to stay in the stalls and hold the horses. No. Like you do in America. The American box yes. is much bigger mm -hmm. and the horses are those stalls that we had were too yeah. small for, for anyone to stand up in. We have, as jockeys, we had to hold them ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You want a, your horse to be rearing up and lunging forward, but you had to control it yourself. Yeah. But Brent, you're right. But today in England, they use the same stalls as those. In England, you, attendants are not allowed to stay in the stalls and holy horses. They're, in America, they are. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But Mr. Hadid, I, I, I am easy. I was. 
No, you finish your thought because when you were away, we showed a video of beheaded and, and some people are asking, you didn't get a chance to talk about beheaded. So continue there and go straight into beheaded when you're well, ready. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I was I was lucky to get beheaded. beheaded uh, the owner of the beheaded, Ian Gordon. Yes. Trained for them. And Ian was a hot-headed kind of, he, he didn't have any diplomacy. He didn't really know how to talk to the owners. Uh -huh. He had broken beheaded. And then he and the owners, one of the owners, had a clash and the, and the owner took the horse from Ian. He uh -huh. waited me before he could run. But Ian really broke in the horse. And Ian, before the derby, we took beheaded to Caracas. He won nine races on the trot. Mm -hmm. he, he had a different cruising speed. And I remember one race in Port of Spain in the Midsummer Classic. Cold around. Had two horses in the race. He had a fast horse called Cat Weasel. Mm -hmm. Won his first race by 20 length and five very fast. And he had Isis, Venice Richard Road Isis for him for the same owners. Yeah. So they decided being at it, they used to go in front, make his own pace, do what he wanted. So he won every race from in front. So they decided they will send Cat Weasel. He had it was a Top class horse and cat reserve was a F class horse or something to be headed on. And we'll wait in the back with ISIS. And when cat reserve was finished, we'll be headed. Venice would run on and beat him. Mm -hmm. When they passed the stand for the first time, John, his toes were in the air, <laughs> up in the air. He had all the head his neck, head was between his legs. Cat reserve with travel refrigerators on the outside, extra ball. To stay with beheaded, and he couldn't stay. Uh -huh. Different speed, yes. different cruising speed. Yes. And and Weasel dropped out early, and he went down to win by himself. He was a real yes. good horse. When yes. we went to the Caracas, I really thought he would run well, and we had a, a lot of us went down there. And, um, but when we got there, there was a Jamaican trainer called Melard Zadie. Mm. He is the uncle to the Zadies who got trained oh, recently. Yeah. Yes, in Florida, eh? Yes. Yeah, he left. Yes, he left He came to Trinidad to train horses for big owner we had there called George Huggins. He didn't like Trinidad for some reason. He left and went to Caracas. He was the top trainer in Caracas for a century. They used to call him a magician. Wow. One every day. When we there, I didn't know, I knew of him, but I really knew him. He came to the, to the stables and he's. He asked for me and he said, I heard about your horse, but that's a very good horse. I said, he's won his last nine races and I really expect him to run well. He turned to me and he said, your horse is going to run well for six or seven months. After that, he's going to flop. I said, Mr. Zadie, you can't be serious. <clears throat> this horse will stop. He said, he, he, he's going to have trouble breathing. When you come to Caracas, you're above sea level and the horses, you have to get used to it. Uh -huh. He said, don't worry, I'm telling you, you should have been here a month ago or you should have been here the day before the race. Wow. But I really didn't take him on. What he said was, was true. He was put for the first six furlongs in second position. And I said, well, Christ, this robbery. When you let go this horse, he can lap them. When you time to ask him to run, when you let him go, he won pace flop to this one before that. Couldn't breathe. 
Wow. And he was right. The horse had won the race with a horse from Mexico called Pecatazo. He was ridden mm -hmm. by Latif Pinkai. Okay. In an army in Mexico the night before the race. Wow. And, and 24 hours of race. We didn't know about all that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and since then, they had stopped racing at La Rinconada in Caracas because mm -hmm. everybody complained about the attitude. They yes. had race in Valencia and then in Puerto Rico for all these years where really he was But the advantage when the headed came back from, from Caracas, having spent two weeks at a high latitude, and he came, I'm not saying he, should, he would not have won the derby. He was the best horse in the derby. Mm -hmm. But the reason why he was so standing in the derby, because he came down to a normal attitude after being in a high, high attitude for three weeks. Right. And we did nothing with him, and he did the derby. He was a good, good horse, very good horse. And yeah, I think if, yeah, if the chassis goal was held in, in uh, Puerto Rico like if that did, he would have performed any better. Mm -hmm. and, um, that, 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 that's the way it is. Uh, and it, it happens all over the world with horses traveling and um, horses on Lasix and not being on Lasix and tracks allowing Lasix. Uh, but he was a really outstanding horse. He should have won the Triple Crown. He ran third in the Guineas. He won, he won him at summer class. He won nine races on the front. Mm -hmm. you, you, you blades just put him in front and hold him up, and he would just run away. What happened? End. What happened in the Guineas? What, what happened that he didn't win that? Well, he didn't run at a two year old, so I didn't run at a three year old. Oh, in his first race, he won a three year old maiden race just before the Guineas, and he was not really um, mature. Tight. Yes, he was very still very green. He was a big boy. Yes. He didn't carry yes. a lot of fresh. He was a horse. He was very gainly and unbalanced, and, and he, you know he didn't he didn't cut the hand until after the after the guineas. But okay. he had every chance in the guineas, and he, he, he but after the guineas he won all every other run. Wow, well, sure. And he was he, he was a stallion called Beckett, who mm -hmm. really did not have a stallion pedigree. He was a good mm -hmm. top horse, went through a lot of winners, a lot of good horses, the right. winners. But um, he was a good horse called the Demon who was outstanding. But he was a horse he ran. This was eight or ten songs. Through tough horse. We had, we had a lot of good horses. You know, we had <clears throat> a question of, I want to ask you. Another horse should have won it triple crown. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. Right, Tom Groom should have won the Triple Crown. Which one's that? He, he won the uh, Super Stakes in Jamaica. Adon Groom. Okay. He won the Super Stakes in Jamaica. Oh. He won our derby. He he, he won one of the most competitive derbies that ever won in Trinidad. Uh -huh. he, he won the derby where you had that good horse road. Um, he was by the Martigan. The Martigan fell out of a good style in the Barbie Road. I remember his name is now. Nosferatu? I think he ran in Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. A, a horse by Nosferatu. Okay. Um, I think he was, I, 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 I'm not sure he didn't win the gold. Uh, and we had real good horses, good man. Um, I, I know who you mean. Um, not Fred, not Federico, huh? The other one is Federico? 
No, not Frederick Good, the other one. The um, other one I went to Jamaica. Um, the horse. Yeah. Fred, you should know that horse, man. Actually, actually, no. <laughs> Canada, I think you want to race in Canada. Oh, it's a you want to Canada and race and you want to race in Canada. You mean it's a Tatus? It's a Tatus. It's a Tatus. Okay. Yeah. And Slade, Slade. Yeah, you want, you want a lot of races. You want to race on? Yeah. a state race. Yeah. And we're buying up within Satalus. 1994. Yeah. 1990. Yeah. He was in our army. That's right. Yes. I agree with that. And he was in that a very yeah. Although you know one that would be very easy at Arima. He won him at he won him at sometimes he was third in the game. He should have won the Guinness too, but we we it was my fault. I took too long to castrate. He was a good two-year-old working well, and every time we put him in a race, he just getting beat. He wasn't doing his best. He was struggling. Yes. And I said to him, said, look, look, this is a better horse. Let's cut him. Mm. And after we cut him, it was just a few weeks before the guineas. He got yeah. an infection. He wasn't quite right. He ran through it. Um, they rode him, and then he won him at some other class. He wanted to be. He won champion stakes. So he went to uh, Jamaica, and he beat one of the best horses, all called um, a Philly. In Jamaica, so she was a champ, um, and he beat her out of sight. You know, mm -hmm. he, he wanted he, <coughs> Brian Harden rode him in that race. Okay, uh, you had such a, a variety of great jockeys riding for you, though. That's amazing, though, because everybody you call there now were great riders. Yes. And that's going back from 19, that's when you started. I, I, to I, I, I and and and, and I, I have my book here yes and i will tell you the, the jockeys that rode for me and the number of races the one is in my book that would be um, very interesting because you 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 you, it's also you right jockeys yes amy ramzami 250 races Right. Emil won 253 races for me. Yes. Charlie Jones, 141 and a half. All right. <laughs> Why the half? Oh, the dead heat. Dead heat. Dead heat. Half. Oh, the dead heat. Dead yes. heat. Yeah. Um, you Blades won 117 races for me. You had the whole right. spell and you would have been brilliant. You would have yes. right. You would brilliant. And, um, you know, his, his career and the two show yeah. yes um then after after you blades yes Hanif wrote for me he won 37 timmy marie my yes he won 37 races winston Walt, he wrote for me one meeting when i thought i would i wouldn't win a race because i had no jockey yes and um winston won 32 races for me wow venice won 32 races for me wow yeah. um and of them, Francis Astrana, Bon Charles. But if you look at the top, the top three. Yes. Emil 253, Charlie 141, Hubles 117. Yes. If you add that up, you get four, five, six hundred of my twelve other races and three. Jockeys. Three jockeys. Three jockeys. You know, I, I thought, mm. You had mentioned yeah, the as well. Good jockeys. I looked after. Dale, but you got one thirty races for me. 
Right. Yes. And even even Hanif, give you a shout out. Hanif says hi. Hanif, yeah, man. Hanif, bro, seventy-five winners. Yeah. Yeah, Hanif, now in Mamali. You got, you got him. Yeah, I had good, good, good apprentices. Yes. And um, and I'm very proud of you, John. A lot of top traders work for their assistants. Ben Mendes was my assistant. Stephen Jardin was my assistant. Yes. The boys, boys like Kenny De Silva, when I took over the table. John O'Brien, well, he was not my assistant. I trained a lot of horses for John. Yes. The one who led me a lot in race. Yes. John was around my horses all the time. I'm very proud of that. All they all well. Sorry, no. Well, John O'Brien's father, which who you started with, was Tom O'Brien, right? Tom O'Brien, Terence O'Brien. Okay. Yeah, mm. he was a trainer, good trainer. He had a he trained, but he had to give it up. He became involved in the management of the Turf Club, and he trained a lot of good horses for the Lacous from Guyana. Okay. Lloyd Lloyd Lacou had a lot of mm. good horses in Trinidad. Tom O'Brien trained trained his horses. But horses, he trained a lot of horses. Barbados too. I'll give you a story. He had horse from Bar from Barbados came here. I think it was owned by Patsy Springer. I remember the name just outside Joseph Road. And I took over the stable with Tom. But horses hadn't been hadn't been transferred. And this horse came from Barbados. And he he was in the last race going a mile. When we went to saddle him, he was lathered with sweat. Mm -hmm. so I said, to her, I said, Roy, something wrong here. Mm -hmm. I don't like how this horse is. I went up to Mr. O'Brien, I said, Tommy, I don't like how this horse looks. This horse looked like they got at him. This horse lathered with sweat. There was in the stall. I don't know. So he said to me, get Dr. Bennett to look at it. So I called mm -hmm. Dr. Bennett says, Steve. Boy, I'm not happy. This always think, boy. I believe this horse looked like they got it. He looked at the horse, looked at his eyes. He said, hey, man, I just never do. Go ahead and reach him. When he walked away, he gave one of the groups $20. And he said, go and put it on a horse to win for me. The same horse I didn't want to run. Well, he also wanted to race easier. Paid $10 or $15 to win. <laughs> Nothing was wrong with it, you know. I was always very cautious. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing, you can afford take chances to so have any kind of blemish. You know? mm -hmm. um, so it, it was great. Uh, and I, 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 I like a lot of the um, I, I got a note here that they want to hear the transition from tools to dirt. Yes, yes, yes. And not only that, that, I want to hear from going from Queen's Park to Arima. What? Was that a good move in your opinion, or was that just not a great move? Well, I have this video. I was very it because I live 10 minutes away from the Savannah. Right. And I used to get to the Savannah every morning and go back every afternoon. Yes. I always felt it was very important to be yes. back in the afternoon to check the horses. Because yes. if you woke a horse in the morning and something was wrong with it, and you didn't look at that horse until the following morning, mm -hmm. you're 24. 
But if you look at them, you see something, you're tempted, call mm -hmm. it vet, sweat it, put it in ice. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things Emil did for me all year. He came back every afternoon. I knew I was going to lose that. Mm -hmm. Every morning and drive out there in the afternoon. I was drive to look at the horses. I, I was selfish, but we had no choice. Mm -hmm. The Savannah was getting too small for recent encounters. Mm -hmm. When I first went into the park in, Savannah, in the same area, they had 54 horses in the park. Wow. When I left the Savannah in the same area, they had 205 horses. Wow. Yeah, Where we had gardens, yeah. they break it on the Bella Stone. Yeah. Recent, the Savannah was, recent was getting too big and Carnival was getting too big. Yes. In the old days, a carnival band had a big band had 200 people in it. When we left Savannah, a carnival band had eight and ten. Wow. And I, very often, when carnival was early, on the last day of races, before the, after races, the carnival people would bring the iron and, and, and steel and put it on in field. As the horses, before the horses came back, after the last race and the last day of the Christmas meeting, Yes, they start constructing in outstanding, bringing oh. iron on the track, digging holes in the track. Then, using we also asked for the uh, sportsmen working the horses with the hill. Mm -hmm. we, we used to run on the rugger field and run the cricket pitch and run the football field, and yeah. we had no other complaints from the rugby association and the footballers. So the horses were much them. So it really was. Um, we had no choice. And it's best because the the big the beauty about racing in Widows today, I like what's important to you're racing in the middle of town. Mm -hmm. When we race in Savannah, people walk from St. James, walk from yes. Maraval, they walk from right. Belmont, they walk from Lavendil. Yes. In the garrison. Yes. You walk Correct. the races to support it. Yes. When you go to the rim, when you go out, you're going to race in the country. People had to get transportation, and a lot of them gave up recent. Yes. You know? And then we got involved with the Classico. The Classico, we were a member of the Classico committee, and we and, and we took part in the Classico. And the Classico run in Puerto Rico, Panama, Venezuela, on dirt tracks, yes. going left hand like America. Yes. So we knew, first of all, if we are going to centralize, you cannot centralize racing and race every Saturday on a turf track. Mm -hmm. When we race on turf tracks, we had three tracks. We have a mix for the Spain for five days. We leave it, we go to Rima for five days. While they prepare for the track. We left the Rima, we went to Union Park for five days. So we moved from track to track and gave the track time to rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you couldn't race in Barbados every Saturday all year round. Impossible. No. Correct. You you could never a track could a grass track cannot take. No. Yes, we are a centralized region. We had to build an all well track, which we did. We have a very good sand track in, in Arima. You don't care how much rain falls, it makes no difference. It's a good track. All the jockeys from all over the world, Frankie the Tory, all that came through there. They, they said one of the best good track ever now. Right. We also have a grass track, an empty grass track. Mm -hmm. They made really, we use it in field track, but it was never really prepared for horses to run in it. 
they left it alone. They left the dirt that they took off the sand track and left the grass and go. And now they they they, they go with it and walk. Just run at it. Um, it is not a very good grass track, but it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. If we had a shower rain, we can't race on. Two tracks and our facility at Arima, it needs a lot of attention. They don't have the money to do what they should do, but it's, it, it is. It was the right thing because we could not continue racing in the savannah. And then, if you want to, where Union Park track is, is now a, a stadium, a big sporting mm. stadium. Wow. It's a carnival to go with the savannah. Mm-hmm. So it was, and now that is not a problem with Arima. Arima is a town. People have moved out of Port of Spain and they have a lot of. Um, residential areas around people and, and all that. But that, that is not a problem Arima, not location. People still complain about the Savannah. It was great days. Years to get rid of the Savannah. Everything grew around the Savannah. I saw so, so where the nine for long shoot where the Derby started and the Go Cup started. Mm-hmm. I yes. get sad. You know? it, was, it was part of my life. But mm-hmm. you, you, you know, it's progressed. You have to do it. If you want to race every Saturday, you gotta have a prepared track like like a sand track. But what's and the state what's the state of you have that racing right now? Um you hear a lot of stories that's not very good, but can you fill me in some more? What's going on now with racing in Trinidad? Yeah, it's not it's not it's not the first thing you have we have we lost the sight of two things. And the things I've been preaching for years. First thing, the equine athlete nowhere in the world can sustain itself mm-hmm. if the barbados top club club did not get revenue in the lottery mm-hmm. they could survive correct gambling is the competitive in the world mm-hmm. right yeah every racetrack in america north america that became successful and survived because they have other four revenue Correct. You know, what brian survived with the with the Amber- Casino, 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 yeah. Right, casino, Gulfstream, all the tracks are now casino. Yes. Other forms of revenue. They coin at no world. Even in England, people talk about England. Mm-hmm. The, the levy board in England collect taxes from all the bookmakers and they sustain the race tracks. Okay. You would have race meeting in England to break down all those tracks. They have 10 people in the track. Mm-hmm. But they're subsidized by the levy board. This right. is what we started in Trinidad. Yeah. Our racing depended on money from the levy board who collected taxes from the bookmakers and put in the racing. Mm-hmm. The bookmakers, the betting industry got so competitive that the bookmakers are not doing as well. We had 27 bookmakers at one time and we wow. used to get $20 million a year from them. No. Because racing is competitive. You can sit mm-hmm. down at home, watch TV, open an account, and, and bet and enjoy the racing. You don't have to get in your car and drive for all the traffic around. The big day, the derby day, and the big day. Like, but the normal day, you, you, you have, what they have done is they have, instead of going to races, they have taken racing to the people. They brought racing in your living. They bought racing on your cell phone. You can look 
Pick up your phone, bet, and look at the race on your phone. Online, social event, see the horses run, and all that. So this is where we fell down. We depended on the levy board. They, their revenue reduced. Our revenue reduced. Our, as a matter of fact, at times, the Rima Racer does better with their internet betting their off track betting they know they you can go you can go to the mall and bet and stream and same odds that is go buy and get the same odds now yes, the maker yes. the makers of let's say the race we we look at jamaica racing life that is <clears throat> the mistake that we made they ha you have to get a lot for the revenue the other big mistake we made is that we have no breeding industry we used to breed 200 yearlings to the old year. At our first year, let's say around 140. But we have been breeding horses of land by the square foot. The big farms here, when they started years ago, the land was there in the country. One of our biggest farms sold for $80 million. If you have land that's worth $80 million, but you're not breeding resources. Mm -hmm. When I first went in, the I did an exercise, very comprehensive exercise on a national study. There's a national study in New Zealand, England, a lot of countries that island where you get a bond lot of land, have a stud, the stud farm is responsible for producing raw water for the industry. My mayor, my stylist, breed also, and I did. Every year, they have no recent colors. They put all the horses in the ring. In the colors for horses, that horse is raw material for industry. As it is, to, as we speak now, I think there are only two or three stud farms in Trinidad. And those stud farms are on land, valuable land that they've already disappeared just now. Where are we going to get raw material from? It should have been, it takes years. It takes about five or six years to produce a horse from a blue bear. If you want to start a, a start to bring a mini bear, by the time you cover it, the community survive, get to the track as years. And we, when racing here was doing well and the battle every wild money, we had a fantastic breeding program. Our breeders were encouraged. And racing is Racing is the most related industry. You have to register your horse. Mm -hmm. From the time it's covered, you have to register covering. See, covering certificate, my horse was covered by silent exit. When the foal is mm -hmm. born, you have to register the foal. It's the yearling, you register the yearling. Do the market. Then, one of the things I did is we bought in chips. You put chips in the horse, you don't have markings again. You yes, correct. Every horse, every horse yes. has a chip. And yes. Makes it easier. Very so, easy. To, to, to start a breeding program, break breeding for it takes years. Mm -hmm. We never capitalized on that. Mm -hmm. It went forward. So what's going on? Where are we gonna get Robert? We I have a yearling sales now. We used to have 130 horses in our yearling sales. The, the last two years, the from associate had to try to get have a yearling sale again. 20 horses and they can't have it. Wow. So that's a big problem. Barbados is going to suffer from the same problem. Yes. How long? Yes. But Carl Williams just gone. He's out. It's not Caribbean, though. Uh, 
it's, it's not the Caribbean though. It's, it's happening to them almost all over the whole world with shorter horses. You know, I mean, Canada is having the same problem yeah. especially right now. Of course. We had a we had a foolish idea that Jamaica were gonna supply us with horses. We used to buy 40 and 50 horses here from Jamaica. The first yearling sales they had in Jamaica, I attended it and I bought the highest price horse in sale. A man was auctioned. And every since then we've been buying horses and our owners be going to Jamaica and buying 10 and 50 and 20 horses. Mm. Jamaica cannot supply us with horses, they don't even have enough for themselves now. Yeah, yeah, correct. In Jamaica, they keep the horses. Mm -hmm. So where 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 Barbados gonna get their horses from? Mm -hmm. Where are we gonna get our raw materials from? Mm -hmm. And that has to be addressed. And you gotta have good raw material to attract people. They wanna see Mentoon run, and they wanna come and Ben Tom run, and they wanna come and see. But I am I am confident that Barbados is gonna take time. A lot of Bajans don't, and we're not in favor of it. But I believe your night racing is gonna take off eventually if you mm -hmm. continue it. When you think of it, you have a lot of tourists. When tourists come to Barbados, they're not coming to races on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. They're on the beach and sun the whole time. What are yeah, they doing yeah. at night? Mm -hmm. Right? If you have attractive racing for them, it doesn't have to be attractive. That's a cheap racing. When tourists come to the racetrack, they don't care about Mentom and Dentom and Walk Zone or all that. They come in the better numbers. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I think we have to then develop structures to accommodate them. You know, we you have to have like places. Put, industry, yeah. Have trunks, bars, yes. Yes. Places, places have dinners and that kind of stuff. That's what I think. We need to have those kind of structures. It would be like tourist. What you're doing. You're replacing the bars and restaurants that they go to with yes. a racetrack and giving them racing. Yes. As an attraction. You can come here, right. have a meal, drink, bar, music, and horses mm -hmm. run. Like you color this up, like your name, they bet on it. Right. And and that that is to me, it will take time, but that is where you have to go. Now, yes. we can't do that in Trinidad because we don't have the tourists and our racing, our night racing here, I don't think will ever be successful. It would have been in the where people walk yes. at night races, but yes, where people have to drive. I don't know if, 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 if that's what it would be. But Barbados is unique. People walk, the tourists from all the hotels around walk in the race. And you don't have to have expensive races. You don't have to fight and dollar races. You don't have to have no You have mm. horses who can win on Saturday. They will mm -hmm. come and run on Wednesday night or Friday night. <laughs> Because they're the different races. Bad horses, they could beat and they get a little bit. And the people not come in to see champions run. They yes. don't care. They come in for fun on, on horses. But it could happen. I'm hearing talking about Barbados. Hearing talk about Barbados in this way. Are, do you are you a fan of the garrison? Do you like our restaurant? Oh yeah, I love the garrison. now. I went to a poor race in the garrison over the years. I to look forward to it. <clears throat> in my mind, racing in the garrison is a social event. Mm -hmm. You go there, you line with the boys, have a drink in the bar. Yeah, since you put the boxes, uh, uh, Mr. Seagull invites them. They, they go in the boxes, you have to eat drink and all that. Yes. But they produce a lot of good racing, Barbados. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of horses. Barbados had horses that I never thought could run on a sharp track. It won several races in Barbados on, on a sharp track. Sharp tracks. Um, it's unique. And one of the advantages is in Barbados is you're close to the horses. That's your right. horses running right under the grandstand. Yes. Passing under you. And even when in the back stretch, you're close to you. Yes. You know, in Trinidad, now what it is. It's far away. Horses, yes. If you don't have binoculars, they don't enjoy horses. <laughs> now, now they televise and half the look at the race on television. Mm -hmm. A big attraction is the roar of the crowd in Barbados. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something, Sean. Those mm -hmm. said, Caribbean people show. Caribbean race cars are very knowledgeable. Jamaica, mm -hmm. Barbados, Trinidad. You go to Europe, Trinidad. Those fellas know the pedigrees. They know about yes. English racing. They know mm -hmm. about American race. Mm -hmm. They know all the jockeys in the world. They know everything. Yes. Same thing Barbados. Yes. You hear race cars and Barbados arguing about horse. They know everything about every horse. They know the pedigree. They know the father. They know the grandfather. They know who own it. Who jockey yeah. could ride? Who can't ride? Who was the best <laughs> jockey? They know owning, but they know about English racing, American racing. They're very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and, 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 and that is a, a plus. That's an advantage that we do. We should capitalize on. Yes. You know, you don't have stupid people with the races. And, and, and I, I like this number and I'll back this number. Race cars and universities don't do that. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you, you see a horse that never run on his favorite, they say, oh, this is all favorite. Hunters know gambling well. They know the pedigree. They know the train. They know the jockey. And, and that's a that's a big advantage, you know. Very much so. So it's it's we we I don't know where we're going. Um, sad to say, you know. I to be honest, you know, Sean, racing has been so good to me, and I always fought and I did my best to leave racing better than I met it. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is not happening. Oh dear. You know, I I had great days, and I I don't know what's going to happen. It will go on. People are racing. They say, oh. Since I came in the racing, started following racing in 1950, when why racing going bad, racing was stopped. You know how many times racing stopping in Barbados? Yeah. The last true. weekend they have, they have no money. They can't, but it will go on. It will go on. They, they will find a way. It wouldn't be as good as it should be. Um, yes. But I and I I have absolute confidence in the integrity of racing. I all my years in racing, and I must say, we had some. At times, with some dishonest racing, but that, that that's normal over it. But by and large, I believe when you put a racist in Barbados or from that, that and you bet, you're getting a fair chance. Mm -hmm. Now, punters complain. The punter is a, in his opinion, this is the best horse in the race. In mm -hmm. his opinion, it has the right way. In his opinion, it is the best trainer. In his opinion, it is the best job. So it, that is his judgment. So he's backing that horse. If that horse does not win, he's not blaming himself, saying, boy, is a misjudgment on my part. Mm -hmm. He's blaming the trainer, blaming the job. Right? Because they do his best. Mm -hmm. That is racing. That is what a punter is all about. Yes. A punter, he sit down and he judge. In my opinion, this this horse should win. I go back. He doesn't win. He never mm -hmm. say, boy, I'm wrong, you know. The bad judgment. I really thought the, the horse had, didn't, uh, had, didn't have enough weight and the weight, and I thought it was the best jockey. They never said I say something wrong. The jockey didn't try, the trainer didn't try. 
and that is normal. That's human behavior. You know, the very seldom blame, blame themselves. But, you know, I don't think, um, I think only on one occasion, I, I, would, I don't want to bring it up. I don't like to talk about it. All my years of racing, that I ever was a race that I thought I could jump down. This is but, but Mr. Hardy, racing, I didn't win. And I most, won a lot of racing. Most, most gamblers that lose always find fault. 90% of gamblers, when they lose, they have to Correct. find fault to something, right? 90% yes. of them. They never say it's my fault. No, no. It's not their bad <laughs> handicapping. Is that a bad training job or a bad ride by the jockey? You know what I mean? That's And that's most of the time it's the bad ride by the jockey. So And it's still going on in horse racing today. Poor jockeys, they stay called the grind from it. He rode a bad race. You know? Absolutely. But you're you're an honest a, man. A, a, a punter. A punter will never be said. You never say, "Boy, this is my fault. I should have bought this horse." If you look at the horse, it had no chance. This that. Put the money on it. You have to blame. What What do you think? What do you think that the punters would say? What do you think the punters would say about a horse like Frisky Wharf? Are they gonna find an excuse of the jockey or the trainer? Uh, I say let, let's let's talk when, about a horse like, like like Frisky Wall. What you think the pundits will say about a horse like that? Is it always the jockey rides a good race or the trainer trainer when, good horse? Blame the jockey. They blame all the blame the jockey. You know, I never blame a jockey. Jockeys, my jockeys, a lot of would come in, especially Charlie, Amy, the trainer. I made a bad mistake. I should have gone on the outside. I went inside. Mm. I used to say, fellas. That race finish. Yeah. You carry run a race. Correct. Jockey makes a mistake in a race. That race is over. Correct. You know that. You have Correct. A second Correct. No, but I, horse, I have almost. Sorry. No, said, no, no. I was, you have I, days I was and just, Sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, using a horse like Frisky Wolf. You got a good horse like Frisky Wolf. What do you think the pundits would say about a horse like that if he loses a race? They would, they would never blame the horse. They blame the jockey. They blame the trainer. They, they never blame the horse. They never blame I, themselves and say, look, it was a misjudgment on my part. I should have, I, I should not have realized, I should have realized that he, he had too much weight and the race was not in his favor. They, just, they, never, they never blame themselves. That's human nature. Mm -hmm. You have to put that race in, you know? And, and, but, and, uh, and jockey make it and Sorry, Leroy. No, I want I want I got the source. I want you to show this horse here. So I was wondering if the pundits would have any excuse when to see a horse like this run frisky bar. <laughs> so I want to show I want to show Brent to show this race so that this horse. Brent, could you show us this race, please? Right, Mr. Hadi, I'll bring up this wonderful memory of yours. Frisky Wars in the Barbados Gold Cup. between Jamaica, Barbados, and Trinidad. In 1986, equine flu prevented any Trinidadian participation, but Jamaican entries kept the Caribbean interest and flavor alive. In those five years, there have been two winners each from Barbados and Trinidad, and one from Martinique. In 1985, Trinidad reclaimed the cup when the Joe Hadid-trained Frisky Wharf won in great fashion. Frisky Wharf 
up. Turnberry Island towards his outside. Behind Turnberry Island, going up as well as Salangang. Chantilly Girl is there. Splendid peak. And the last one at the stage is Stinker's Image. Past the stand for the first time, and it's bowl mover by two, settling down in front. From Ubik, three lengths before we come to the Pinto de Puna. Melia Sicker tucked it on the inside. Chase Lady is there. Frisky Wharf comes next. Turnberry Island being ridden on the outside of Turnberry Island. Moving up nicely is Alan, it's Alan, Aliam. Also going up is Salan Gan. On the inside is Stinker's Image. Splendid pick second to last. And the last one at the stage is Stinker's Image. Up towards the purple on pole. They're going. It's ball mover by two. In second spot still is Ubik. Three or four lengths before we come to Melia Sicker and the Pinto de Puno going together. And the race is really hot. And they go towards the purple on pole. It's ball moving front by two from Ubik. Belia Secret moving sweetly on the outside. The Pinto de Puna comes next. Behind the Pinto de Puna, moving up nicely is Frisky Wolf also. Then comes Turnberry Isle. Aliyah making a run. And the last one behind these comes Splendid Peak and Shadley Girl, the last one. Back to the mile pole, and it's still ball mover and on the outside, Melia Secret going right up to join him. Ball mover and Melia Secret. Right on the outside is Frisky Wolf. The Pinto de Puna drifting right under pressure. To the middle comes uh, Frisky Wolf to pick it up. Frisky Wolf in front. He's going to win it. Frisky Wolf by one. He's going to win. Melia Secret trying desperately. Here comes Ubik with a run on the outside. Frisky Wolf wins it now from Ubik. In third spot is Melia Secret. Then comes Ball Mover. The Prince of the Pruner on the inside was Turnberry Isle. And the last one just going past Alayam. Was the whole of Barbados at the races that day or what? <laughs> Amy was brilliant. Yes. Amy, Amy was brilliant. Uh, Chrissy Wolf didn't have the speed. Amy uh -huh. took his time, let him get going. He kept yes. him in a nice position. He kept him in the right place. Yes. And he brought him to challenge bit by bit. He didn't he didn't ride him off his leg to balance. Yes. He kept him perfectly balanced and sharp track. And he really produced him when he was steady in the straight. He, he was brilliant, mm -hmm. you know. And um, Emil rides that track well too, you know. He rides Barbados very well. Ridden a lot of World Cup winners there. But winning the World Cup for you, how big was that for you, especially back in those days? It 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 was for me, and actually, winning any winning any race, I I am so happy for the winners when winning the winning the <clears throat> winning the red stripe in Barbados in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. was very busy. They had a horse there called Zone. He was yes. the champion horse in Jamaica. Uh, trained by uh, Wayne Acosta. Mm -hmm. He was on beef and B double. So when we um she was supposed to come to train out to run <clears throat> in a race, a race we had and she didn't come. So we went Mr. Putin was a sportsman and um after one champion stakes, he said, Joe, let's go to Jamaica. He said, Mr. Sure. He said, yes. I said, okay. And we went. Everything well laid off. The horse traveled well, well looked after. Um, Brian rode him and he beat Warzone. Um, and after the race, the grooms are given one of the jokes. And the power groom said to the Jamaican groom, he says, I was waiting for you in Trinidad and you didn't come. <laughs> So I come home here for you now. <laughs> and we, we beat Walter. Yeah, yeah. That was very pleasing. He was a good 
I won a lot of good races. I won a lot of derbies, and uh, and actually, one in I think it was 1979. Um, we won every three-year-old classic in Trinidad and Tobago. We won mm-hmm. all the two-year-old classics. We won all the three-year-old classics. We won the Tobago Derby. You know, with um, three horses: El Camino, Reflection, and a Martinique horse called Bitaco. Mm-hmm. In Tobago, the race left-handed, and he he was a Martinique horse. Yes, he ran in Martinique to run a sharp track left-handed. So he was in Tobago, and he wanted to go to Abia. Reflection, the lovely horse too. Got a good horse. Race was really good to me, you know, and I had a great relationship with all the Bajans and all my great jockeys were the Bajans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I had trained for a lot of Bajans and they were recent. Barbados racing is unique and it's good. And you have real diehard race calls in Barbados over the years. And, and Jamaica has always been ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean. And, and you know, at one time, we were Jamaican horses couldn't run in our classics, they were so too good. Yes, correct. Right, going back to the days of Bombama and Kamalo, Jamaican horses, they were always ahead of us. Yes, you know, that's why when we decided to buy horses from Jamaica, they, they decided to win all our races locally. You know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't win as much in Barbados on the track. And, um, you know, we're going back to talk about that. Uh, Chris Hammond. Mm-hmm. Chris Hammond was a real lover of Caribbean racing. Correct. Chris Hammond, his father and grandfather were racing. Brain racing. Mm-hmm. And when he came to Trinidad, he worked for us and he came here. A lot of people don't remember. Chris tried his best to organize Caribbean racing between Jamaica, Martinique, Barbados, and Trinidad. That's right. He formed a company called Whitmark and they saw racing. Young horses here, Lynn. Mm-hmm. They build up fun like the Breeders' Cup. Yes, yes. We race from country to country. He played out the races. As a matter of fact, he actually started to collect some. Mm-hmm. The first accommodations, owners paid. Mm-hmm. And they had a race in Barbados, a race in Jamaica, a race in Martinique, a race in France for big money. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when we worked it out, the cost of transportation resources was exorbitant. We couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. You, were paying, you were paying more traveling horse than, than the first price. First. Mm-hmm. So that is why it didn't work. I was a believer in Caribbean racing. We really were united. Party, Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad. We worked for all. Um, he worked for Trinidad, he worked for Jamaica, he worked for organized in Barbados, and it's very sad mm-hmm. what he wanted to do didn't really come, you know, come to part because it, it, it started, it's there, the company is there, where's the truck? Now the transportation is different. But, you know, in the old days, the, the Bajans used to bring MAR born and bring the horses and race it. Not on a scooter. Yes. We used to ship horses to Barbados to race by boat. 
do you think we should go back to that then? Yes. I mean, if it might be cheaper. If you could get it organized, now Barbados, they were at a disadvantage because Junta and Trudy's sand, going left handed. Mm-hmm. Martinique built a track here on sand, like a left hand. Barbados mm-hmm. raised tooth going right hand. Mm-hmm. So they naturally would have been fed with another advantage. But they were still involved. The, 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 the Bajan owners still nominated and were still part of Withrop, although it was clear that they would be at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Now, we would be at a disadvantage if we come to, come to reach in Barbados. So it mm-hmm. kind of paid off, you know. When the horses that ran in Jamaica and Thailand and do tracks like Pandas, we had to go for the big race in Barbados. We were in right hand on grass. Mm-hmm. But they had more races in Jamaica and Trinidad than they would have had in Barbados. <clears throat> and that might have been the advantage. But the Bajans didn't really take that on. They were prepared, they nominated, and um, is that transportation killed it. Chris Hammond mm-hmm. was the man behind that. He was a lover of Caribbean racing. <clears throat> mm. One question I have to ask you and before. I, you know, this guy at one in Derby on Saturday, Sunny Leon, did he ride in Trinidad? Is there any truth to that rumor? He rode, he rode nine races in Trinidad. He wow. ran, I think, he was second and third ones. You know, we had an influx of Venezuelans here coming to Yes, ride. yes. A lot of them rode and, and, and moved out of the state. He was one. Okay. Like what Galvez, the champion jockey, for a lot. He rides in America, somewhere in America. A lot of them moved there. A lot stayed. Some stayed. Yes. But he stayed long enough. They started mm-hmm. right there. They went to get out of Venezuela, rode there. And this is kind of stepping block. They get into states okay. and he rode here. He rode nine races. Yeah. But he did, he did how, ride how, the train. How, how long ago was that? In the 90s, it have to be in, in the night somewhere in the night, nine, 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 94, 95. I know. No, a lot of people have me there. I don't remember the day. Yeah, because he's 20. I, I noticed that he's only 32, so it will have to be a little. Sean, it have to be Sean, I, I have it, I have it on my phone. I will send it for you. Okay, the year, no the exact year, and how many receivers. Yes, correct. I will, send, I will send it no. for you. We'll share that with our visitors. Yeah. And yes. maybe they Barbados, pretty proud. Barbados produced Sir Michael Stout, who was my good friend. Yes, yes. Safi Joseph. Yes. Um, Correct. Um, Patrick Husbands. Don't Hans. get Patrick Husbands. They have put Barbados racing on the map. Yes. Patrick Husbands. Yes. Yeah. He had a nickname in travel. We used to call him Wifey. He was Husbands, <laughs> so we used to call him Wifey. <laughs> Great point. Good writer. No. Right. I like that one, Leroy. Wifey. Oh, Lord. So, on the same fellow you asked me about Ellis. Yes. Ellis gave him that name. But when he Is wrote it? a lot for Boboy and his friendly with Ellis. Yes. Yeah. And Ellis <laughs> gave him the name, nickname Wifey, and we know it was Wifey. Because the name is Husband, call him Wifey. Good boy. Good I mean, what Safi Joseph has done, you know, what, what Sir Michael Stout has done. I mean, I know Michael. Michael lived, got interested in racing because Brett, you know, he lived near the garrison. 
His father mm -hmm. was in the police force. He was in the Commissioner of Police, Major South. Yes, yes. And Michael used to come to Trinidad a lot. He used to come and spend a lot of time with Bobby Hardridge. Mm -hmm. And he was a, a recent commentator. Mm -hmm. And when Michael, well, you almost know, when you know Michael's story, when Michael went to England, he went to work for the BBC. Mm -hmm. But his love for racing, and he was, a, he, was a, he knew racing, he was intelligent. And then he got a, a, a job with Pat Rohan as his assistant, mm -hmm. and never looked back. And mm -hmm. Look where he is today, you know. Same with Safi. Safi went learned the trade in Black side off. So, so David Seals mm -hmm. was one of his first owners mm -hmm. in Barbados. He had also for Sir David to help him, and, and um, he never looked back, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, we should be proud of that, you know. Very much. So. Yeah. I'm really proud to see Mr. David Seal giving him one of his first horses or two in Florida. Yes. So that was great support. For yes. Even to start it off. Mm. I know he but has. Sir David loved racing. Yes. Sir David will help anybody in racing. He always helped any. He helped me, gave me horses, he helped jockeys and. He, he, he helped love racing and he helped do anything for racing, you know. And he helped all the people, you know, in racing. He'll do anything the young race cause and help them. And, and, he, and he's man of the highest integrity and integrity in racing. When local knowledge and those type of horses like Concord and Hero and those horses, they stayed with you, right? Yes. Well, local knowledge, one is yours. Ronald Burke trained there when he came. Ronald Burke, okay. And then after Ronald went back, yeah, uh, Ronald Burke training. Oh, he trained them um, with you. Okay. Yeah. 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 And when Benton came here, Ronald came and trained him. Yes. But yes. Um, all other David horses, I looked after, I trained all David horses. Uh, we had a good relationship. We had plenty of winners. And, and all. I trained horses for Jeffrey Cave. Yes. Jeffrey Cave, Richard Allen, You know, yes. um, uh, John B. Simpson. Uh, yes. We had, a lot of horses. They just support. They just supported me a lot. Really? They, could, they were good racing people, and they were, it was a pleasure to work with them. You know, uh, see, I had a lot of great Bayesian rooms. Um, mm -hmm. And, and do, you remember, a, do you remember? Do you remember Tiger? Who? Tiger. We used to call him Tiger. Erskine. Erskine Ford. Erskine Ford. Who he worked for? I must remember his nickname was what? We used to call his nickname was Tiger, but I I, I don't. But Erskine Ford he was this. I don't know who he was. All I know when the name when, is familiar. When, yes, I remember the youngster coming out there and used to see all these guys hanging out just in front of, just a little further up from the Queen's Park Hotel. And I remember Hamdog was one of them, and they said, Man, we Bajans, you know. Yes. All I had Trinidadian accents at the time. You know what I mean? Every one of them. <laughs> and I remember but Tiger might not work for you then. Yeah, well, the Bajan rooms. He may have I, a lot of them work for me. But yes. uh, the Bajan rooms live in the Pekka, the line. Like Pekka, then, you know Pekka for sure. They Pekka. never went. Of course, Pekka worked for me for a long time too. Pekka was a yeah. big stout yeah. fella. Yeah. yeah. The fella who looked after Frisco Wolf, I don't know if he's still around. Matt Nab for me, Matt Nab. Frisco Wolf. 
You know what? Matt now was so wrong after a couple of years ago, but then yeah. I start giving him a little trouble. And um, I, I haven't seen him since, though, since he had the operation for his eyes. I got to ask and see how he's doing. But he was working up to yeah. a couple of years ago. McNabb, man, yeah. Yeah. I, they, they had, they had, um, they were good, they were good, 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 real, real good. Racing is, yes. is a real fantastic sport, you know. And if I had if I had lived my life over and over again, you know, mm. I'd uh, train for the same people and have the same, same jockeys and same, the same staff and, you know, it, 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 <laughs> you won't change the thing. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you. Yeah, well, well, let me tell you, there are a lot of good, good horsemen around, but they're not managers. Running a race is stable. You gotta be, a, you're a manager. Mm -hmm. You have to look after the goons, make sure. Yeah, and all that. Mm -hmm. you, you have to. You have to do it. They must be comfortable. Leadership, right? You have that no, leadership. Yeah, but you, see, you know, a lot of people don't realize too, right? In twenty, yeah. in twenty-four hours, how many hours does a horse stay out of the mm -hmm. In twenty-four hours, a horse is not no horse is out stable for more than an hour if so long. Correct. Right. The group up to the Make sure he's all right. Just bring him out, book him, bathe him, put him back, and he's in that stall. They might bring him out in the afternoon for the walk. The horse spends 22 or 23 hours a day in the stall. Mm. The groom is responsible for making that horse happy, mm. making him happy in the stall. Make sure he has everything he needs. He has shaving, he got grass, he has water. Mm. You know, he has to be in a happy environment. And because so he's there actually in favor of the horses that so, the Bajan grooms of yours actually live in the savannah right there. So living with the horses, they're there almost 24 hours yeah, a day. That's right. They get much more attention to the horses and they obviously thrived on that. Absolutely. And and the same thing, that's why I had so many Bajans and Jamaican grooms. Because they, they had nowhere to live, they lived there and they were there 24-7. Right. If something happened to a horse at night, they're there. Mm -hmm. You know, all the time, and they, they, they were there to watch the horses before they went there late at night. And the uh, grooms would look after the horse and leave and go home and come back the following morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a, a big plus, you know, having there all the time. And they were helpful. Uh, if uh, if a horse in the stables was not doing well, they would go and look after it, They'd pick up the bucket, give it water. Uh, and, you know, that's a, that's a big part of it, you know. You have to look mm -hmm. after them, make sure they're happy. But Mr. Hadi, before we go, one thing I have to ask you, what was your best horse that you think you had in your care? Or one of the best. Or one so of the best. You ask, you ask a question. I know the tough yeah, question, but I want to hear yeah, that. My, you see this room I'm in now? This is yes. my racing room. The history of racing Trinidad, Barbados, and the, and the world is right here in this room. This right. is my domain. I'm there. There's okay. a picture on the wall here. I am looking at painting mm -hmm. by Lisa Ramsani. She was a brilliant oh, painter yes. of horses. 
Yes. Yeah, brilliant. And it's from, from his wife. And yes. She painted in or her four and three, seven, eleven horses. I have on a painting here. Unfortunately, you can't see them. Yes. And she picked up those with the eleven best horses I ever trained. And if anybody wow. asked you which one was the best, everyone was different. You can't yeah. compare like every sport. And that's yes. what makes racing so lovely. Racing is about memoirs. Racing is about what happened already. Yes. You try to predict what's going to happen next time. The punters try to do that. And mm -hmm. half the time they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But we can sit here and talk about facts. There's something that actually happened. It mm -hmm. took place in the Derby. It took place mm -hmm. in the Gold Cup. It took place took place this horse broke down this job for yes. those facts to try and compare horses now when i talk to the old time there was a horse in trinidad in the old days called jetson yes and when you talk about the old time it, it, it was the best horse ever bred in the western i don't mm. think it ever lost a race and i had a great sprinter called set royal that was out of a, a mare that not were well bought from john so John Chandler in Barbados, a Bajan female line, an English horse here. Yeah. Um, I thought I was the best sprinter ever race in trainer. He used mm -hmm. to run with 136 pounds and best canter. He ran wow. 69 already. Well. Wow. So when the old timers me, that Jetson would have beaten him in a six long race. I say, oh, come on, people. You're real old timers. I can't imagine a horse. A crew beating Setro going six furlongs. Mm -hmm. You know, Charlie, yes. Charlie rode it a lot. Drop with yes. the center, you know. And he beat, we, we had um, good English sprinters then. We had a good Eng English sprinter called the Wing. And all mm -hmm. those, he beat all those English sprinters. Mm -hmm. But he was a sprinter. Mm -hmm. I convinced me that any horse from the old days, when they tell me about Commando and Bomber, the old Jamaican horses, how good they are, they talk about It's difficult to convince me that the horses were beaten because I trained. Mm -hmm. We had great, great horses here. Yeah. I trained a horse called us. I think he ran fourth or fifth in the Classico. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine any horse beating beheaded. Mm. You know, it's long race. So if you want to be that one in the old days, they would have beat him. And and that's what, what race is about for me to tell what you. What about Menton? Menton. Menton. I mean, everybody talks about Menton in the course of the century. I mean, but nobody. I saw Menton run. Yes. And nobody could ever argue that Menton is not the best race course that came to the West Indies. Okay. okay. Menton was by far nobody would argue. Nobody ever see them run would argue that. He would win Byron Clark, not the best jockey in the world, but Byron would have Menton like that and he would discanter. Nobody could get close to him. Mm -hmm. He to me is the best horse I ever saw running. I don't think I ever trained a horse at all. Close to okay. me. Wow. Cool that says a lot. Cool had a good filly called Field Field Sabo. Yes, then there was a good horse from Barbados, his own top lady, um, Edmund Rodin. We thought they were great horses and they tried to beat Mentone. 
Ang Byron mm-hmm. Cocky, you look at him and laugh. Great video. And he was a freak. His sister came to Trinidad. They paid all so she was never good. He he was bought by the PBA bought him um, for MAR Bond. Yes. Any MAR Bond would you know a lot of good English horses. And he was that's outstanding. Nobody would argue that. No no race score I'd ever seen him run. Like if I try to argue with my son, who goes racing every Saturday in the ball, Roger, and yes. tell him, try to convince him how to mentor was. He tell me I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> you know, but he, he was by far. We also we had big duels, you know, and um that big duels from from, from Bobby Rose that um bread and to come in with all our races. Mm-hmm. The reason was used to come here for our Christmas game. Mm-hmm. Arrive a week before we put up. Win all the races. Mm-hmm. Breeders, Derby, everything. Mm-hmm. Jump on a boat next the week after and go on back I'm to Barbados. <laughs> but that is that, that was race. Good old days. We used to send horses by boat. The great days. And the Bajans came here. Yes. The Queen's Park was out, out next in Havana. That was Every year by agents, Fred Bethel, who's great agents, you know. I, I think that's the only thing, only thing um, this generation um, is missing is the rivalry that we had back in the back in the day between Trinidad and Jamaica. I mean, it just even to just, name, man. Yeah, but everything is just flat no, just flat line. You don't you don't have anything no more, you know. It's just you don't even see Trinidad and jockeys come out here to Barbados anymore well, once in a while. I, or guys don't even go to Trinidad anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I sure want to believe we had the horses, the rivalry, we had the interest. But the Bajans coming in Trinidad, it was also a bit of a social event. Mm-hmm. We saw parties before races and everybody talking yes. and arguing. When they came, the race was a big social event. And uh, the same thing when we went to Barbados, it was a social event you know and yes, yes we have lost that yes uh, like everything else every other sport in the world now is just pure business and and uh, when i um when you look at the prize money and, and what it costs to keep horses today i remember when i put on the train we charge we used to charge 190 or 200 dollars a month to keep a horse now it was thousand dollars and uh, a lot of the private money has not gone up in proportion. That's a big, mm-hmm. that's a big thing too. You know, and you really have to love the game to, to, to be able to get it. And, and you, you do it for what you can afford well, it. You know? Sahari, I, I, mean, I have had one. Of our listeners, one. All of our listeners really want is for you to do another print run of that book. You've got me so interested in that book now more than ever before. And all of our listeners are asking for opportunities to get and read your book. So please do let us know if you're gonna have it out. I will do that. All of our listeners Yeah, I, I I had a lot in Barbados and, and Rodney Jones had to send them back if I need them here. But I'm saying there's a lot around in Barbados because I, when I launched the book there we we, we literally a lot of copies. Mm-hmm. You know, but I will promise you I am in the process um of getting more copies printed now and I will certainly let you uh, let you have it. It's, it's something to read. It's it's, it's I it's a chapter about every owner I've been for and every jockey. Wow. Races and um, 
why more horses were breaking down in America than mm-hmm. in England and, and all that sort of thing. And I remember um, sitting one, a long time ago next to Woody Stevens and talking. And that's how you learn. You got to yes, talk. Yes. You got to listen. As Cole was saying, we used to laugh because I had a problem with I, I would call Cole. I said, Cole, what can you do? So what do you think? And he said, why you don't try this? Why you don't try that? The same thing with him. We exchange ideas. Yes. You know, they, they, we were not they, we were not rivals. We were good friends. But you you know, and I learned a lot from him. You just touched a nerve there with me when you said about horses breaking down and stuff. We having a problem here, Barbez, right now where the, the top class horses are, are are totally destroyed. They're no top. All of them are gone. What did you used to do to help protect your horses from breaking down and that kind of stuff? Sean, I hear you. And you talk how you protect. You have to understand one thing. If a horse horses that can run fast will break down quicker than horses that can't run fast. <laughs> the good horses break down quicker than the bad horses. Uh-huh. If you could uh-huh. run fast, you have more swing your legs and you use more, more more legs, you will break down quicker. A horse that can't run fast, he will sit down in the bottom class and run till mm-hmm. he's twelve years old and never mm-hmm. never be late because he can't run fast. Uh, he never good horses running fast. All the, all the horses I had, good horses. All of them, the ones you had the most problems with, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, what, what are you going to do to protect? It happens all over the world. Horses break down. I'll tell you then what came out of one of the seminars that I went to, and I don't know if you remember a trainer in England called Guy Howard. Yes. He trained yes. a horse at one, a horse at one the ark. I remember the name of the horse just now. Um, I remember his name just now. Pat Henry rode him. He was owned by Sheik, by Khalil Abdullah. Dancing Brave. Oh, Dancing Brave. Yes, Guy yes. Abbott. And, and every at this, team, this this topic was one of the main topics of one of these seminars. And every trader from all over the world, we are trading Australia, saying. And Guy Howard came up and said, in his opinion, the reason why horses as often in England as in America because we have a hundred different tracks. Mm-hmm. Every track is different. Mm-hmm. Some tracks you go left-handed. Some tracks you go left-handed and you go right-handed. Some tracks are straight. So based confirmation of your horse, you can pick the track with your horse's confirmation. Sure. And it's the easiest on his legs. He said, in America, you have one track. Yes. In Trinidad, no, we have one track. In Jamaica, we have one track. Right? Fast off, tall, thin, with or draw, you have one track and one runner. Mm-hmm. Right? In the Savannah, we had a bit of a difference because we had sand track exercise the horses on. Then we had to move our horses over the hill, mm-hmm. all between the playing fields and all that. And that was yes. a little different. Yeah. And he he drew the attention to people. In England, I can select a track to suit the confirmation of my mm-hmm. horse. Mm-hmm. That is why you saw horses for courses. Yes. Horses for courses mm-hmm. in England. You don't hear horses for courses in America. No. You hear horses for courses in England. One horse mm-hmm. four races and he goes to another track in that place. Yeah. In, in in America, every track is the same. Mm-hmm. And that that was one of the theories put by guy in those with technology. It a trainer doesn't have to Detect lanes in a horse. The technology, the vets do it. 
Mm-hmm. You, you don't you're not happy with a horse, you go to the vet, the x-ray, you scan it, you this, that. Early on we had no x-rays. You had to mm-hmm. guess what is wrong with the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we, we had different different but uh, it's a different scenario today with technology and they have the different um medications and equipment scoping. We never scoped a horse in the old days when a horse bled it bled. Mm-hmm. Now they can scope a horse and tell you what is going on in the horse's lungs. Yeah. But very often you hear a trainer said that my horse poop, I was not happy with, with, with what we found. It's not running. They find mm-hmm. a new mucus. They don't run. Mm-hmm. The days the horse pooping, we, 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 we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on in horses, knees and their legs. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything mm-hmm. about chip bones and recoving fractures, etc. You lean mm-hmm. and we send you on the farm and press you until you get song and train you again. <laughs> that technology. Big advantage that might work for the benefit, though. The horseman from yes, yesterday was so much better. Calling in anti-medication. I, mm. I, am, I am paranoid, and I have, I have had arguments and clashes with the trainers in Trinidad over the years about medication. I am from the old school. Mm-hmm. Anti-medication. I never mm-hmm. give my horses any medication. I have had clashes with the chemists and. I, I, before, like I, we had a clash with the chemistry with Fritz Grewoff in the Cockburn. When it, 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 um, they, they didn't wait around to take his urine and they took his saliva, and the, the chemist said that they can't test his saliva, but it looked like if he had um, erocane saliva, and, and they had no right to deem the horses positive because when I came to the inquiry, the turf club showed me a letter. The chemist said that we cannot deem this sample neck positive. Because we have no urine. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the chemists are on top of you. They can detect. Mm-hmm. You think of it, they, they can detect um, foreign substances, prohibited substances that have been administered two or three months before. Mm-hmm. So it's more sophisticated, sophisticated. But I believe, I'm happy to say, they're coming around more and more. The American track, do never six. A lot. There are over two or three thousand horses running in the world every day mm-hmm. without ASICs. Mm-hmm. They don't use ASICs in England. They don't mm-hmm. use ASICs in France. They don't use ASICs in South America, in um, South Africa. They don't, they don't use it. And the Americans are now coming around and they are starting to more and more uh, banning ASICs. Mm-hmm. I have always been, uh, I've got a, a lot of bad. Arguments and clashes with people who support medication, you know? uh, but it'll they'll come around and and the whole industry is, is being jealous. It's so much more commercialized and people spending so much more money and uh, and they, they do anything to look after the welfare of horse. But I see the horse should run on its neck. And if he's if he has a, a problem an ailment, should not be in a race. It's not fair to. To the horse or the public. Mm-hmm. All right. One of our visitors are asking, who do you think is the best jockey that ever rode for you? Uh, is that ever possible that's to answer? Good, that's a great question. I yeah. or who so do you not like the best? best? I, I had One to me, 
one of the most brilliant with Chalidio. Did not have the best seat. He was not like Venice or Emil that sat over their horses and they were pretty on a horse, you know, or even he would. Charlie <clears throat> had his horse in the right place at the right time and he produced his horse to win at the right time. He was brilliant. Mm -hmm. he, 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 a lot of people didn't like him. He was styled awkward. His ass was up in the air, but he was well balanced. He kept well balanced. You don't come out of strike. He had to knock with his mouth all back. You never see Charlie throw any rain at a horse. And he never beat the horse. He used the weapons to, to encourage the horse. But to me, Charlie was a great horse when I was brilliant. Emil was good. Emil worked at it. A few blades would have been as good as, <clears throat> as any if he had lost it because he also was brilliant. But yeah. if, I, if, if I had to tell you, Who's the best jockey ever rode for me? I would say Charlie Joe. Without a doubt. He was great. I had great jockey. Venice rode for me a lot. He was brilliant. A lot of them. But Charlie was, he was special. He was a natural. Charlie never lived like a jockey. Charlie never <clears throat> sweat. He would come, he would come right before the race and say, all right, who are riding tomorrow? Who's the way? I'm going to wait out the cat. He said, oh, Christ, all right, I'm out Go in the car tomorrow morning and do two pounds, <laughs> do three pounds. You know? But listen. He, he, he didn't live all the Brilliant. I have somebody asking me. Oh, we should be proud of him. Yeah, we are very proud of him. I mean, the whole family. John Jones, now Slade is there. We're very proud. But what people are asking me now is if you could say what you, some words about Roy Gordon. As your assistant or man used to run your stable for so many years do you have any good memories that you could share roy started roy started oh yes uh, if you have two or three days <laughs> roy, <laughs> when i started i'm gonna go get my pillow when then. i started the stable. <laughs> now roy roy worked for colt Durant and the yes. broom never had mm. Trinidad Booms came from Cold Durant. Right. There was a boy, I think he was a, a Roy, Roy Jones, and then he just passed recently. Cold had good room. Roy looked after my brother. I am not from a racing family. My family got mm. involved in racing after me. When I was mm. racing, then my brothers got involved with my horses and all that. And my brother and Peter George owned. Five horses that coat was made, but horses. Uh, anyway, Roy looked after those horses uh, when they were cold. And when this came, Roy, they are Troy, they come with the horse. And Roy left cold and came to start with Stephen. Okay. And Roy started with me. So, so when I stopped training, he stopped mm -hmm. working and he died two weeks ago. Roy was a brilliant horseman. Roy, I didn't have to worry about breaking into your holes. Mm -hmm. Roy would take the two holes and call the jockeys, tell them what to do, walk the sit, walk them. We never, as I said, all my years of training, only on one occasion I ever had a horse not going to walk his hand. I refused to go to the box at the start. Roy 
other sources trained to the great horseman. Mm-hmm. When he started well behaved, uh, he would handle them, he trained the grooms. Mm-hmm. All, all the good grooms I had, Roy, the Roy. But Roy would not would not have been a successful trainer because mm-hmm. he's not he's not a good manager. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to manage and manage your money here. Roy could money, made a lot of money. You can manage his money. Mm-hmm. So he was not a good manager, but a brilliant author. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the grooms respected him. Because mm-hmm. when Roy told a groom to something, he knew Roy knew the same that that was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why our horses were the best out most of the time and best behaved mm-hmm. most of the time. And Roy was responsible for that. He got on. And I never, he, 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 he always said he employed the grooms and I used to fire them. <laughs> then he employed the <laughs> with him and tell him, I found So he said, he, I used to fire the grooms through him. <clears throat> he, he, um, he was responsible. The grooms knew that. Mm-hmm. And he knew mm-hmm. that I never, I never crawled over a groom yet. I never mm-hmm. went to go and say, what the hell you're doing? You did it wrong. Mm-hmm. I go to Roy. Mm-hmm. I say, Roy, you see, Jonesy down there, monkey. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with how he had all this looking. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And Roy would go and take a lot and correct it. Not me. Mm-hmm. He was very good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, we got on well. My owner directed him. He was very polite. Uh, a lot of I mean, my stables, I was very strong on. But People I train for that you can use bad language in my stable. Yeah. I never use bad language in my mm-hmm. and so I knew that. And you're I never the only language. barn in the world. I would <laughs> my grooms they can use bad language among themselves, not in front of me, mm-hmm. not in front of Roy. Mm-hmm. My owners are always there. If, mm-hmm. if I had an owner, if I had an owner, let's say that next to David came to see I'm training for him, came to look at his horses. And we walk around the horses. They had to be well dressed. They couldn't be in a vest and a short pants or a jockey shorts. Mm-hmm. How would it look if Sir David heard Boom's customer using bad language in a jockey shorts and all that? No, I, I, mm-hmm. those standards that I was very particular about. And you mm-hmm. do that. They, they, don't get me wrong. You know. They use bad language. But not when I'm wrong. When I'm not there, they cuss on a lot. You walk kind of man. That's normal. But they knew that we had a we had a set high standard because the the training I love that though. I love that old yeah. school high standard that you set. Congratulations on achieving that success. Well, I don't know if a lot of trainers to me complain that it's not easy to maintain those standards now because you can't get the grooms. Mm-hmm. Rooms, you know, in, in my day. Grooms are lining up to get a job with me. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to look after good horses. Yeah. Horses are going to do their best. They're going to be every week to get a salary. If they mm-hmm. need it, I used to take a personal interest in them. If they had mm-hmm. problems at home, I used to say, well, if you have problems at home, like financial problems, when you come to work, you cannot be in that frame of mind. Mm-hmm. It reflects on the horses. Mm-hmm. If you vex in a bad mood, Come and talk to me, and I, I have to, as much as I can. 
I had them at the student leagues that actually without the mic control and you can't, you can't do anything about it. But it, they, they got to be in a good frame of mind when they are around you. Mm -hmm. I, my owners, I was training for Silas Clark, he was the president of the country. Mm -hmm. when, he, when he came, when he came very often, he to look at the water. He, mm -hmm. he couldn't come and, and you had some standard, you know. Yes. I, you know, I learned breath a lot of that. I used to go to England every year. And I would spend a week with Scooby. Where I would go up, see Sir Michael, or go to and Paul Cool. And I learned I would learn more in that week in England than months in the part of mm. the standards that they set. The green the, the spoke to the group now. A lot of that has deteriorated in England. A lot mm. of the trainers still have the ability to maintain those standards. And like Sir Michael wouldn't put up with nonsense like that. But you mm. trainers. But a lot of sport up the standards to to help. You know, in my day, I was fortunate. They always had. I had no trouble getting boots. I looked after them. You know. Make sure they behave on the days so after race mm -hmm. and they'll go and drink and get drunk at all. Like <laughs> but they can't, they couldn't come around the horses. Bad language. We've been talking now for three and over three and a half hours. And I, I know I, 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 I never thought that we will get those much hours out of you, but I'm, I'm grateful. And I don't want to over, over. I don't want to. I don't want to kill the old horse. I don't want to write the stuff in all this old horse. <laughs> I, I think it's time we should call well, the race. Talking talk, talk yeah. racing can't kill me. I love to talk racing. <laughs> we'll have to have you back on another show. I'm glad, it's so good to see you. Same here, Mister Hadi. And, sure and thanks for reminding me about it. I am welcome. I will I will be happy anytime at all. I will talk racing with you all are knowledgeable racing people. You're not you're not ignorant, but you know racing. So it's interesting talking to you and, and Brent, thanks for reminding me of the race you want for me. Yes. <laughs> Sean, Sean was shocked. He didn't know I went won a race for you. So I had to go deep and dig deep in my uh Listen, I couldn't even get a you're ride not, for this guy. I couldn't get a ride. <laughs> so <laughs> I will tell you one of the, one of the pleasures, one of the many pleasures I had in life it's in racing, is when Jonathan Jones came to Trinidad to ride for me, mm -hmm. and okay. my son Roger, or my son's the only one really in race. I had a horse running his name, and Jonathan rode one on that horse. My best best friend's son rode a horse for my son, and that gave me a, a lot of pleasure. Wow. It's something I cherish, you know. Wow. John o, friendly up to, up to date. But here, I'll give you a story about John O next. Le yeah, next time you see John O, remind you of this. He came, he came to Trinidad and he was staying with, with his aunt. And he said, um, he wasn't, I don't think he was riding, he wasn't riding there. But he, was, he came to, he came to see, yes, he came to see me to visit me. He put himself out of the way. Uh, his aunt drove in the yard. And when he walked up to the gate, and I went to open the gate for him, 
He had on an earring. <laughs> I said, Jono, what's that? He said, Uncle Joe. I said, not in my house. I said, you can't put an earring. I said, tell Auntie, bring that away. Don't let the car go. He took off the earring and came in. But that was those days. So you can't do that. There's not I, a break. I, those I'm days. pretty sure you know? Chairman John might even be listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am so happy well, to hear that. He, he remember that. I see you, you can't come in my house with an earring. <laughs> but he was a great boy. John was brilliant. Eh? John had a, a brilliant rail like his father. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, he was heavy and he had to work too hard at it. Yeah. Even, even at that stage, you know, he races John one and John was in your race and he was brilliant. And he wants a big race in the Canada. Oh, yes. Uh, I thought that he would like racing more than fishing and he'd become a trainer. <laughs> but uh, he preferred the fish and I. I don't know how successful he would have been as a trainer because he would curse the groom so much. He would be bad. <laughs> curse the groom. And, yeah. I think so too. <laughs> uh, Jono, I can't see that. <laughs> well, once again, Mr. Hyde, yeah, well, we're going to wrap up this show, but we thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your wealth, and wisdom with us. Uh, thank you for giving me my second and last winner in Trinidad <laughs> on Speed Fair. <laughs> and thank you for your hospitality over the years and it's a pleasure teaching us all. It's an absolute pleasure. I really is an honor for you to ask me and it's a pleasure talking to you. You're like intelligent recent people and I love to talk recent and we can go on the breath. Give slate my regards. When you on the stop right in DNA being a right till the dead out. Yeah, right, Bob, <laughs> I talk to Amy on the phone every day. Uh -huh. I say, Amy, when are you going to stop? What, what are you doing? I said, you, you are brilliant. You do, and, and what hurts me, when, when Amy is in a race now, he's 100 to 1, 50 to 1. Yeah. I said, that is not Amy Ramsami. Every mm -hmm. horse you're in from your 2 to 1 and up to 1. He said, man, he, he like it, he like it. But I think, I don't know, I hope he's listening. But AV is very, very knowledgeable. He's on a job. He's a, he's a study every horse in the, in the real competition. And I think, I, I don't know how it works. I don't know anything about it. But the little I know, I think Amy would be a brilliant job. He's a judge. Because he could really form. He can assess a horse. And uh, he used to tell me which the horses we had to beat in a race to study them, you know. And I, I, I don't know why it doesn't go in that direction. But anyway, I, I only hope that God will keep him and sleep safe and let him stop riding safe. Yes. Without any major injuries. Great. Well, thank you again so much. Thank and, you, boys. Um, we're going to wrap up. Show, but we will say goodbye to you, Mr. Hadi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Pleasure. Pleasure. Old school. Any time, any time, you boys have two or three days to spare, we'll be talking again. I will definitely. Talking recently, lovely. Love that. Okay. All right. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Okay. Great.
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was, we went to school and back, man. <laughs> yeah, beyond. Took us to school. Took us to school. Beyond, this, beyond. This educational lesson yes. of history. And, yes. and you almost feel like, well, if, if Leroy had his pillow, then he could stop. I know, man. Trust me, man. I need a hammock. I need a hammock in here, man. Just to just, you know. But this has to be one of the most educational shows that we ever did. Absolutely. Um, I think that one thing, you got to understand that men like Joe Hadid were responsible for guys like Emil Ramsami and those are guys that. A lot of great, great horsemen. A lot of great horsemen. Not just jocks, great yeah. horsemen. And all these guys left and went outside and did well and you know so we gotta always remember where this thing started yes I mean, yes in we don't really have much people left that you know maybe we could discuss things like this but it was really important to hear the stories to hear how emila and all those great writers from the past and to also tell us about them that that was great man excellent we encourage everyone to look out for his book Yes. And uh, you remember the name Leroy? Under the Under the Fiddle Tree. Other under the Fiddle Tree. Yeah. Right. Definitely gonna put that on my to do. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people you know a lot of the guys are asking about it. So I mean yeah. it'd be great, you know, if we could talk about it some more on the show and you know, hopefully to get some more sales, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well guys. Well, yeah. before we go, Sean, we want yes. to run this quick video of uh, Taurus, well, yes. Taurus friends of yours that you yes. met. And this That's is exactly. an example to uh, the Barbados Tourism Market and Inc. How yes. in the world of horse racing, we encourage tourism to Barbados. Correct. Um, check this out. Hi, this is Sean Hall here from Journeys with two of my Canadian friends, Ken and Tracy. Multiple visitors to Barbados. They've been coming here for such a long time. What brings you guys back to this island all the time? For, for us, it's just the beauty of the island, the beauty of the people, uh, the safety, uh, where you can feel comfortable to leave the, the hotel grounds, uh, even at nighttime. Mm-hmm. We explore the island. Uh, love the people love the food the culture uh, I find it a lot like Canada years ago where it's just peaceful and loving and it's it's the people Wow Tracy come on don't be shy <laughs> <laughs> well for me it's definitely the people mm-hmm. and the beauty of the island the food mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> but don't worry about it <laughs> but I've met two of you guys I don't know, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Same thing, I'm here now with horses, going to the beach. We've kept in contact with one another every time you, you guys went back. It's brilliant that, you know, you guys, even though you leave, you still remember people in the island. We, we've we've uh, come to a lot of friendships over the years uh, yes. in Barbados. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people we keep in contact with that know when we're coming back. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we look forward to them, and we always give something back too. So we uh, support the dog sanctuary on the island. Right. So every time we come, it's not just about the beach. Yes. We go to the dog sanctuary. We volunteer there, um, the ark, and uh, you know we give hats out to the the locals, and so appreciated. We like to give a little back too. So that's great, man. I mean, I've, 
and, and we of course love you guys for doing that coming back all the time giving back to the country and you know my, my sponsor the BTMI I'm so happy to hear they were be happy to hear this you know yeah. people come back and they get involved in yeah. different things and that kind of stuff and all I can say guys keep coming back oh, to Barbados absolutely, absolutely. We will. you know keep coming back I'm so happy to have you guys here every time you come back and this is Journeys Ken and Tracy loving and Barbados loving Barbados and <laughs> we are out <laughs> this is Sean Hall at the beach for Journeys Now, this is a very interesting story. I, I met these guys a couple years ago, going to the beach with the horses, and you know what I mean. They're from Canada, and you know what I mean. You know, once you hear somebody from Canada, obviously because of my history of being, yeah, you're you know, able to interact Canada. with them better. Yes, you know what I mean. And give us, as you can see, I'm, I'm sporting my blue jeans, hat, and blue jeans t-shirt. You know, I'm, 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 I'm rocking, guys. I'm rocking. So I'm, I'm glad to see them coming here. Where is my raptor shirt? I want my Toronto Raptors. Well, we, 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 we deal with baseball with these guys. These guys are baseball fans. Okay. So okay. I, I, I wear baseball stuff. When baseball season now, too. So Yes. Right. But no, they come to Barbados very often. And they're coming back again in November. So these are repeat visitors, which are very important for the economy and that kind of stuff. And we want to see these kind of people coming to Barbados often. And you know, I mean, just making friends with guys like myself and you know you know because i've been pretty busy so i haven't been able to to go to them but i'm planning to meet them at the beach on sunday so you know Ken and tracy man keep coming to barbados and we love you guys for doing that and for supporting the arc sanctuary for the dogs and animals in barbados yes yeah, that's great dogs. very good very yes. nice yes we, we, so we have here you Johnson. Johnson. Wants to know next the guest? Guest? Yes. Are we gonna Leroy, reveal you that? Wanna, you wanna do that, Leroy? Yes, our next guest will be Emma Wilson. All right. Great jockey Emma Wilson, leading rider. Yes, so we'll be excited all about, the, about having Emma on the show next next week. Brilliant, Emma, man. Brilliant. brilliant. Yes. We had two two of the top riders from Canada, lady riders, almost back to back. There you go. There you well, go. You're really we're walking, boys. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. Is there any other female jockeys or ex jockeys maybe we can interview in the future, Sean? I'm I'm trying to get Sonia Perkins to come out of that shell. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Fall up behind these guys because we want to hear from her. I mean, she's done a lot of great things in Barbados. I saw her at the beach on what it was. It was Sunday, I think. Today's what? I saw her Sunday. No, Sunday during the week. I saw her and I, I mentioned it again. I said, Sonia, come on. You have an audience waiting. Yes. And you know what, though? She got. She told me, I'm coming. I spoke to Chris Griffith. I spoke <laughs> to Chris. Chris being and I'll let Chris you know when I'm coming. Night. Yeah, so Chris, thank you. Shout out to Chris Griffith, man. There thank you her. go. There you go. Oh, and by the way, too, guys, that I've fallen upon... Um, trying to get that kid up here so the trainers say that she's got everything in motion she's doing the advertising advertisement for that for it and then we have to follow up behind that so wow. things are things are in works well they're in works so yeah well, things are in works so 
I'm very well, glad to hear you say that. She'll she she's gonna try her best to try and get him up here before the year's over. Okay, well, okay. I've, I've I've heard news from my guy with Colbert, with, with Josie Carroll, not Josie Carroll, I'm Josie DePaula. DePaula, yes. Josie DePaula and, and Mike DePaula, and they're interested in, in, in Colbert, but they're going to start working on him for next year. So they're more interested in next year than this year, which is yeah. once so some interest good. is being shown, it doesn't matter. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yes. Because as you know, it's going to take a little while now, anyhow. So it's yeah. to work from then on the time, guys, let's get all of the Barbadians here that are looking or even thinking of going overseas. Yeah. Yes. Whether yes. they be grooms, exercise riders, or jockeys, we need to let them know they need to get started now. now yes, correct. Yeah. Because correct. it might take six to 12 months, but now is the time to make those contacts. Thank you, Josie, mm. for reaching out and helping our guy, Colbert. Please yes. do continue on and help him get there to Canada. And hopefully next year you can send us a short video or two that we yes. can have on our show to show yes. the success yes. of this program. We will do that. Definitely. Right. All right. All okay, right, guys. guys. Well, let's wrap I this up. Yes. People, hey, let's not wrap it up. We got a couple of people saying we really love the show. <laughs> Thank you, thank um, you, thank you. Fellas, gentlemen, another great show. Keep up the good work. Our guy, Adrian Johnson, very educational. Yes, it was. I'm missing Sean tonight. You're Pardon? missing Sean? Sean, Sean, Sean one of our, 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 our guy guests are always on. No, we oh, want there. to give a shout out to Sean too, man. Don't forget. Sean is our graphic designer, videos, yeah. everything. Do we have our stuff to give him a little shout out on the cross there, please? Absolutely. There you go. Yes. Sean Hammer is the guy that does all our work, people. And I'm very grateful, thankful, my schoolmate. I'm grateful for that brother, man. Thank you. No, and I was fucking talking to the other guy, Sean, that, you know, when he comes on, he has that cigarette in his mouth. He's oh, always gone. Um, we miss I him tonight. Yeah, he's there. Oh, okay, okay. He's there. Okay. He has I a picked up a horse up this time. Yes. That was at 7.14 p.m. <laughs> I think he might be asleep by now. I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> Give him a shout-out tomorrow for us. Yes, okay. Thank you for even coming on. He was the second viewer tonight. Our guy, Rodney Barrow, said good night, guys. And yeah, okay. Edwin Weeks. Edwin Weeks didn't come up tonight either. I did not think, no, I don't see Edwin Weeks was on the show. Shame on him for not having yeah, 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 I'm going to have to give him a piece of my mouth tomorrow. That's our guy, man. That's our guy. You know, you don't want to be missing our show. Our, our special, our, our audience on it, right? Oh, these guys watch it on YouTube now, man. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. Be recording, right. guys. Well, four hours, almost four hours, guys. Wow. Yes, yes. Thank you very much, guys. It was a great show, yeah. man. Okay. I'm great gonna go. in there. We're sponsored by Tony Barbados as well. Yes, correct. And our guy, Sean the Hammer, for your yes. graphics and photography. Yes. And Leroy. Yes, sir. Welcome to New Jocks. I can get you a couple new jocks if you want. Pardon uh, me? I can get you a couple new jockeys if you're looking to drum up business, man. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a story where there's an agent in the U.S. that has like eight jockeys 
Yes, yeah. yeah. That's the Santos' son. Santos' son. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Leroy, you could be a agent. I could get a couple writers down here in Barbados, and you could do your thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right, guys. Three hours, fifty-one minutes. Yes. Great show. Thanks for the support from everyone, and um, see you next week on Journeys, right. the talk show. Cool. Yes. Good night, guys. Good night.